Wow. How quickly things leave your mind. Yeah, what was yesterday's uh, well, entertaining know, inspirational phrase? message. Oh, no, that wasn't. You know what, Dan? I, I don't I want to entertain your. You know, you can poo-poo inspiration all you want. You know, but then meanwhile, hmm. you know, you're, you're against inspirational uh, affirmation, whatever that was. And uh, But you're all about, uh, you know, the Ten Commandments and a lot of nonsense. Well, hey, Fred, look, Dan's got brown hair. No, I know. Did that guy have another bulky inspirational saying today? Did you read? Um, Dan is uh, in a costume still from last night. He was uh, not even acknowledging. He was uh, now we're, uh, we're not allowed to say what Dan was. I, I, know, I was he's, in, he's no, under I was a newscaster. He, yeah, he was a newscaster in yeah. a movie last night. Right. But he was playing a famous newscaster. Right. And we're not allowed to tell you, but just know this. He, he had two distinguishing qualities. He had brown hair or black hair. And Fred, what was the other news? Yeah. What was the other thing they, they, they cast Dan in this for? <laughs> I don't even think I need to say. People would know. <laughs> you know, before the show, we're just, you know, being guys, being buddies. And we were talking about the casting. And I said they were in a predicament. They needed a guy with a, you know... A big member and brown hair. And they were going through all the stuff, and they say, well, obviously the biggest member is Dan Duran, but he doesn't have brown hair. Well, that's easily fixed. So that's why he has the brown hair. It was Isn't very, that immature? It was very really immature. Not funny. Yeah. No, no, it was very funny. Actually, no. it, was, it was funnier when you said it, because because I think what you said was, hey, we're looking for somebody with black hair and a big hammer. <laughs> and I refused. I refused to go along with that at the time oh, I because know. I, yeah, at the time, yeah. I was playing the double reverse. Oh, you're a cut above. <laughs> okay. So, and, and, what? So, how did they darken your hair? Just put in hair dye? Well, oh, I was just going to say it was it was the weirdest uh, the weirdest experience ever because one uh, one stylist hairstylist they're both are experienced, but one has. Uh, a way greater experience and this is a newer product they used to use a blower it looks like a little uh i don't know a little hair dryer that they used to use for me or they do use for makeup because makeup for a while now they've been using it uh, spraying it on there's been a, versions of that they moved it over to hair products and so this stylist didn't know as well how to do it because it hadn't done it that often but there it was a little whirring motor inside this little hair dryer thing off to my left hand side and it's like blowing against your neck like <sighs> and then there's another stylist that came over to show her and so there's two of these stylists that are blowing all over my hair blowing this you know the dye into my hair <sighs> on did, both did sides, you get did later. you get a boner or did you get I was thinking about it. Did Boy, you think in my hand this could give me like, a bonus? Hey, this, this could work. This could work in you know future environments. Got to get no. at least one of these. Yeah. No. Oh. Yeah. Can we guess what newscaster it was or not? Because uh, I don't well, know. I no, yes. you were not supposed to. Because he signed a non-disclosure yeah. agreement. Yeah, but if I was to guess right, he doesn't have to say it. You know, he doesn't have to acknowledge it. That's uh, yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. Gordon Martin. No. <laughs> yeah anyway this is a uh historic piece it's uh about history um, okay and, oh, and harvey kirk 
This is an actual uh, <laughs> an actual interview that did happen. No, just keep yelling out Canadian newscasters, please. <laughs> Lloyd Robertson, <laughs> Ken Shaw, are you Ken Shaw? Anyway, but we don't oh. know. If, yeah, it was, so it's in, it was an American newscaster. Yeah, and it's it's and made we're for not, a, a network called Showtime in the states. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, it's, you were well. You know, this Dan Duran's IMDb. I am Dan Duran. Uh, IMDD. You should get that changed, Dan. You should have the. You should be the only one with an IMDD. It's quite yeah. extensive. Well, I know. And Howard, uh, further to that, it's amazing all the things he's been in. How often people say, "Hey, I was watching TV the other night, and I saw Dan Duran just for a second, but I saw Dan Duran." <laughs> no, it's amazing. It's that's true. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. That's inspirational. Right the, there. Every day so, that Dan Duran's out there doing his Dan Duran thing, that alone is inspiring. So how long did the process take to get your hair to look like that? That was about uh, half an hour. It wasn't like, I, I thought it was going to be like, you know, sticking my head in a, you know, <laughs> a tank of black. I don't know. I've never had my hair done that way before. So. Do, you, do, you have a lot of, do you have a lot of lines in this thing? Like, is it? Uh, no, not a lot. Just a few, a few lines as usual. And uh, a pivotal point in the, uh, in the whole thing. But you, you sit there and they go, okay, what is it they say? Ready, action. And, action, the thing action. and, then, and yeah. then you have to have deliver your lines flawlessly, right? Yeah. That's pretty much true. It's clacking before the action, though. They go, because okay. they get it up to speed. The clacking is to synchronize the sound to the, the picture. So they clack and then they say, you know, to speed. Sound, uh, they, they, they say mark, sound, marker, blah, yeah, blah, blah, sound speed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then marker, and then they clack the clack, and that's really a tone now on tape. <laughs> I uh, so it, it, when, when you, if you blow your lines, do you feel all bad because there's so many people around and so much pressure and so much money involved? Actually, no, I don't. I don't feel that. I feel that if I'm in an audition, uh, oh. but not not because uh, everybody's just all they're trying to do is get the get the shot and get and everybody, yeah. everybody will do anything they can to make sure that i feel comfortable mm-hmm. the other actors feel comfortable and and uh yeah it was a it was a great uh, it was, I, I was on on set with another actor interviewing uh-huh. him and uh, it was uh, really great um you need to get a little closer to that microphone i can't believe i'm saying that because we're oh, really? not as oh, loud okay. as the right no no don't turn it up he just needed it well um on axis i've actually directed the great dan duran oh have you oh yeah i cast dan in uh, several, uh, one huge commercial that I directed. It was a that when I say huge, like the biggest budget. It was for mm-hmm. who was it for, Dan? It was for I want to say not American Express, but uh, Air Air Miles. Air Miles. That's yeah. right. It was a big Air Miles uh, commercial, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I told the story. But I was in the casting, and it was the little company I worked for. We we got this contract. It was the biggest commercial we'd ever done, and and in the casting. They, you know, I was there and all the different people from the company were there. And then this person comes in and says, okay, next, next person coming in is Dan Duran. Hmm. And I had to say to everyone, I said, listen, just so everyone knows this next guy coming in. Oh no, I'm sorry. The person said, the next guy coming in is Dan Duran and he's perfect for this role. And he was, it's just why I had him come in to read it. And I don't think it was a newscaster, but it was something in that ilk. 
and they said this guy's perfect and i'm glad the person said that because i then said just so everyone knows this is dan duran he's my friend he's the god transparency friend. yes transparency I just, and i said but so i i'll let you guys decide and as soon as dan came in to his credit he read very briefly and everyone went oh that's that's that guy that's the guy oh, no. was it was it was pretty it was pretty cool how it all went down yeah now there were a couple moments on the set because there was a lot of pressure on me yes. where uh to your point about dan not quite getting his line <laughs> i came over to dan after a couple of blown takes and you know maybe another director might have been i don't know you know more experienced and able to handle it because i knew dan so well i just whispered in his ear and went you're killing me <laughs> Did you really? it's a joke i just walked up and went you are killing me <laughs> well, usually to relax and his rider he you know he insists on having a fluffer up. <laughs> that's right he does yes. I, I said somebody get in here and beat this guy off <laughs> <laughs> oh geez he did hey. do I'll, I'll say this of the yeah. two occasions i did hire dan that occasion it was a lot of people there was probably seven or eight people in the commercial dan was one of the main guys and dan did great yeah i just I, he did he did and i sort of came over to him just to bug him a little bit like you are killing me you are wrecking this entire production but another well, time pressure it was a joke relax oh i know i know another you know. Com- comedy, comedy comedy but comedy. another time i hired dan where it was a smaller production, but it was all Dan. And that one, that was a lot of work for Dan. That was a lot of lines. It was a lot of, it was a a corporate video. And that one was a... It was for Moby Key or something. It was really dense. Yeah, a lot of things to remember, a lot of business. And and Dan did great. It's just those were some long, those were a couple of long days. Yeah. A lot of stuff to remember. Well, always appreciated when you hire me. Thank you very much. Hey, man. You know, you're, you're, when you're the best guy for the job, it's an easy hire. Oh, yeah, man. Very nice. It just gets sticky when you want the job and he determines you're not the best. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that can get sticky. Well, yeah. You're not right for this, Dan. Dan, uh, this calls for a small Asian woman. Uh, can I audition? No, you cannot. I could do it. I could do it. I could do it. I could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. We uh, we got a show today. It's uh, mostly uh, just us hanging out, and uh, you know we got a lot of emails to get through. Uh, back to your hair style. You know, isn't it funny having uh, having seen you with your gray hair for so long? You know, I don't. I think you look better with gray hair. What do you think, Frederick? Uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's interesting you say that because, you know. Yeah, look at him. Well, I mean, he's great. He's beautiful naturally. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And you just get used to a person the way they look. And so this is almost like a shock or a transition. Yeah. Um, a quick transition is often like, well, you're taken aback and then you make that comparison. And I would have to agree. Every time I looked at myself in the mirror yesterday. Because uh, this is this is nothing. It was really, you know, really dark. I know because yeah. I would go like, "Oh my god, what's happening? <laughs> that looks just weird. It's stupid." Did they uh, also do your pubic hair? <laughs> you know, because I know you actors like yeah, to get. Yeah, I know yeah, you yeah, actors yeah. like to be fully immersed in the character. Fully immersed in the character. Yeah. You didn't want to break. You didn't yeah, want to go they, to the washroom and break character and go, "Whose penis yeah. is this?" 
Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, no, they, they had the little blowers down there. Oh, the, did they? Come on now. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you don't even really notice when your own hair is going gray. You know that the pictures they took the other day at Kelsey's? There's a picture of you and I. Yeah. And I was taken aback. I thought I'm like, like I'm a gray-haired man. I, I never think of myself as having gray hair, but all of a sudden it's there. It's crazy, isn't it? Slowly over time, it's just, it happens. And then, yeah, same thing happened to my dad in his 60s. He transitioned from regular hair to gray hair rather rapidly. Uh, yeah, it happened to all of our dads. Mm-hmm. You know, Big Lou, who mm-hmm. had great hair right to the end. Right. Uh, much like my my middle brother, Steve, Edmonton Steve. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember that transition from, you know, some of the darkness around the edges. All of a sudden, yeah. he was a fully gray old man. That yeah. picture, though, I was uh, having uh, some ramen last night with uh, Spenny. Yes. And we were just talking about not being comfortable. I was saying, you know, even after all these years, you know, I'm, I don't really like to listen to myself too much. You know, I, I'm used to what we sound like. I, I, I don't, I just, it's not that comfortable, but I, and I don't like seeing pictures of myself, mm, but mm, I said mm. to this span, I said, you know, we were doing this thing, Freddie and I at Kelsey's the other day. And I said to them, it's actually a picture of both of us. I think we looked pretty good in it. Like I could look at it and not want to puke. Mm-hmm, I'm not mm-hmm. talking about you. I thought both of us, it was actually a really nice picture of the two of us that being was this a professional photographer that took it no no it was just one of the nice people from uh, from kelsey's i think it was dina with a phone, that was, uh, with, a phone. with a camera phone and um mm-hmm. both of us just sort of but i i was struck by the fact that we're both just fully gray guys but i thought we looked nice actually i thought it was a there's very few pictures where we both aren't looking like you know making faces or whatever and yeah Oh yeah, because yeah. both of you feel like you might gotta make a face when somebody's yeah. taking a well, picture. Yeah, well, when you're when you're not when you're mm. listen, it's easy for you, the handsome, but when you look like him and I, you're always yeah. making a face to sort of ref- deflect the fact that we're hideous. And let's be honest, this is tiered. There's Dan Duran, there's you, and then there's me. Oh please, <laughs> oh, oh it's know, true. Please. Come on, and I can oh, admit right. it. I can admit it. It's just it's it's you know what it's like to live that way every time. A picture is taken, you're thinking, oh, my God, what's the result going to be? There'll be something wrong, and there usually is. But. Well, I feel the same way, and I thought this. I showed her, Spencer. I, I said, you got to see this picture of old Freddie and I because uh, I think we look pretty good in it. Um, but, but, but by the way, speaking of pictures, so Dan uh, was away around the same time I was in France. Dan went to France and then Italy. And so we were hanging out a couple nights ago, and then I said, oh, I, why don't you show me some of your pictures? And I was going to show him some of mine. Okay. And then Dan brings out his super camera. I was just going to show him a couple little things I took on my phone. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out with the super camera, and I'm looking at Dan Duran original photos mm-hmm. on a camera that he took like a real photographer. Right. Well, I don't need to tell you. It's no. It was. It, it, he's just. I'm talking about you, Dan. Dan has got such an eye for this stuff. Like we joke around about Dan's uh, anchoring career and his giant wang, but mm-hmm. Dan, Dan's best. I mean, I know he's beautiful to look at, but Dan's oh. best thing is that he has an artist's eye. Because I looked at some pictures that he had taken in Venice, and I'd been there. 
and he just has a great way of capturing the moment, the the images, and I just wish you would do more with it because I tell you what, Freddie, I didn't even show him my pictures because they were stupid. <laughs> oh, I don't blame you. I thought we got tired of it. And no, I no, no. So I, I, I don't know if you noticed that. Pictures. Well, first of all, there was 162. So at one point, I said to him, "I'm not looking at 162 pictures." But you know what I yeah. did? I did. I looked at them <laughs> because they were so well, good. You show him yours, and then that just creates anxiety within within him because he looks and thinks oh i would have done this mm. i would have done that what were you thinking from this angle <laughs> right well it's true as i say dan sees things that others don't and i've probably mentioned it over the years some of his most fascinating pictures to me one was an old truck just the front fender and it was just it i looked at that and my mind just went because when you look at a photograph and it makes you think of other things if I'm describing this properly, it's and then another one, somebody lost an umbrella and it was upside down floating down the lake one day. And we're going oh, no, look at the umbrella. Dan runs and gets his camera and takes a picture of it. And it's one of my favorite pictures he's ever taken. Not even to mention Joey in the rain. Oh, Joey in the rain. Yeah, that's one of mine. Yeah, it's like and then you get these pictures and you want you want a copy. And when I say Joey in the rain, there was this kid from Chicago who used to go up to the Tin Palace all the time. And one day it was raining hard and the kids were having fun swimming in the rain. And he's just got this picture of this overweight kid standing like waist high in the water in the pouring rain. And it's, again, another one of those pictures you look at and you just think of so many things. Is that uh, wonderful? Well, yeah, that's from the, uh, mm-hmm. the Dan Duran Fat Kid series that people, <laughs> yeah. the Fat Kid in the Rain series. <laughs> Listen, and I'm surprised because, you know, he doesn't like fat people. So the oh, fact no, that he I know. wasted a shot. Oh, absolutely. I can't believe. Exactly. My first thought was he. he I'm surprised he didn't drown the kid because he's, you know, he's so against yeah. the fat oh, and ugly. It's a, I don't even know. It's, it's mm. a good thing we're still around because he, he doesn't associate much with ugly people other than you and I. Mm-hmm. All jokey jokes aside, I've got a couple of... <laughs> half my friends are black, you know, when people say yeah, yeah. that. His are, half my friends are ugly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I know I know ugly people. Uh, one of my best friends are uglies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have a couple of Dan Duran pictures hanging in my home. And, uh, yeah. and and and, and I would when people see them, they you know, again, it's it's like a piece of art. They're not normal. It's not just a photo. And uh, so I, I looked through these pictures. And again, I was so embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed that, Dan. I didn't even offer. Because I, I thought we were just going to like have a discussion like, oh, I want to show you. Here's this thing I took a picture of. And it was kind of neat in this little village we were in. And then I look oh. at Dan's pictures. Mm-hmm. And they, you just get swept away. Like I would say of the hundred and, and I didn't look at maybe every single frame. But I looked at a lot of them. And there were a number of them that you would have been like, man, just print this. I'll, I'll be, I'd be happy to hang it up. Like uh-huh. I said to Dan, when I came back to Toronto last year, I mean, remember we were talking Dan, and I said, you know, everywhere you turn in Venice looks like it could be uh, a piece of art or a movie picture. And what Dan did is he did that. He went and walked around the city and it's like at every turn, there's a, a, a photo waiting to happen. And, and you just captured it so well. No, well that's, that's really nice of you to say. However, you know, a place like Venice has been uh, photographed by, you know, the, the planet. So yes. finding something unique and unusual there is very... Well, you uh, did it, man. It's differently. You it's did it up. So. <clears throat> he, in, our uh, front, in our front room, in our living room above the couch, <laughs> we have five pictures in this frame. Yeah. And they're all Dan Duran. Come on. 
of areas in the at the Tin Palace. Did you notice it when you were here in the spring? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know how many times over the years we've thought, oh, maybe we should update that, but we love it so much. I don't want to let go. Because, you know, it's January and you look up at that and you think, oh, you get a good feeling because it's all these wonderful um, landscape shots of uh, the lake. Yeah. yeah, there was yeah, one. There was there was one weird picture though, because I'm, I'm like at one point I'm looking at it and I th- I didn't know if I should say anything, but I, I thought it was a, you know, they know the gondola, the the gondolas in in yeah, Venice. The gondoliers, well, the, yeah. the gondoliers use these giant poles, gondolier yeah. poles, and I yes. thought that's what it was, but it was an actual fact, a self portrait of Dan Sweener. <laughs> yes, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's how that. That's right. <laughs> That's how got in the gondola and the guy said, are you Dan Duran? Well, fuck this paddle. Yeah. Oh. And they basically used Dan's wiener to traverse they the did. canals. They also used it as a gangplank when they uh, approached the dock. <laughs> oh, no one thinks this is okay. as funny as you and I. It's not funny. No, it's not funny. It's not funny. It's no longer it's funny. Stupid. It's really dumb. But, it, you know, it, it puts us in a... You know, it gives us a level of glee that we can't play. <laughs> That's exactly the word. I just am filled with glee right now after all of that. Because we did what, like, if you think about the, mm-hmm. we did sincere, we do complimentary, we talk about how beautiful yeah. he is and what a great eye he has, and then we all bring it back to the gondolier's pole. Yeah. Hey, um, by the way, I wouldn't, like, do you still somewhere have Joey in the Rain? Because my daughter literally stole that from our house because she oh. thought it would work perfectly at her place. One day she took it. Oh, so I really? don't have it. Yes. Oh, well, I'll look around. I, yeah. I, I, and I, I don't want to print off a it, print. It, That's it, no good, isn't it? No, it's no. A negative, the, the negative is the way to go. And all. Oh, yeah. We know that, man. We're all about the negative. Yeah. Um, well, if you don't have Joey, do you have any other chubby kids bathing? Or <laughs> chubby kids the, series. From the yeah. chubby kids yeah. series. Do you have some chubby kids in the shower? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Freddie would like that. You got to be careful, though, man. You got to be careful. Yeah, you do. You yeah. do. Remember that one little story. That Joey used to come up from Chicago with his brother and stay with his grandma and grandpa. And late at night, when we used to stay up late, we'd be walking up the road like at 1 o'clock in the morning and past their trailer. And well, I forget her name. Remember her snoring, Dan? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, You'd was... walk by the trailer, and she'd be snoring like, like unbelievable. I guess she liked the window open. So one night, I'm walking up there with you or Darren or somebody, and she was really snoring loud. So we walked right up to near the window to listen to her. We're going, listen to that. And all of a sudden, we hear, fuck off! <laughs> She told you to fuck she off. She woke up and yelled at us. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> How old were you at the time? Oh, probably forty. Fuck. <laughs> or more. Or That's more. hilarious. Yeah. Listen to this. Listen to this. Fuck off. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. forty or twelve, both. That's Same right. Age. I was gonna yeah. say it's like, were you the kids from Stand by Me? Let's go listen to the snoring lady. <laughs> we did. That's what we did. I didn't say I was proud of it. Ah, that's a great story. I love that. Mm. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. That's a nice uh, pre-show. Um, actually, uh, before we actually start the show today, I would like to acknowledge. I don't know how it, this has happened to me like two times now this week, but it did. And, uh, you know, I got to own it. I just don't know. Um, yesterday, Boone calls me. He goes, hey, you didn't do freaking. Hold on a second. Why is this? Dan, 
I'm having a little trouble with a couple things, and I don't know why. I guess I should reboot the computer again. You're not getting any uh, audio out? You know, audio out? Um. Yeah, I'm doing all that. Everything's fine. I just said sometimes I hit something on Spotify now and it says not it can't play on this device, which is uh, weird. And uh, I don't think that's uh, that's not good. Uh, yeah, it's probably a reboot then, unless unless you can redirect the uh, the audio output on the uh, program. Oh no, here it is. Oh, good. Once again, error messages that mean nothing. Well, they they always mean uh, reboot your computer or reboot the program. Uh, this program in particular is brought to you by GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. You know, it really is something that GoDaddy has the market cornered on bringing your ideas to life. And how they do it with their is with their free and friendly 24-7 phone support. They're here to help you every every step of the way, which means you can call them, which for older people is comforting. You can start your website for free today with GoDaddy. No credit card is even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. You know, Warren Zevon died of, uh, I'm, I don't know if it was pancreatic or prostate. I think it was prostate. And all because he didn't get himself checked in time, which is, I know uh, this is, uh, is it Movember? Is that what they call it? Yeah. Where you're supposed to grow a mustache to from yeah. prostate. But it is. Or a, dye your hair. Or dye your hair. <laughs> I was, uh, what if you already have a mustache? Should you shave it off on Movember? Hmm. I think that's the uh, the thing to do. You shave it off and then get and then grow it grow. again. Well, yeah. anyway, but uh, just to say that Warren Zevon is a great cautionary tale for a lot of guys who don't want to get prostate exams because it's a finger in the bum and they pretend that they don't like it. <laughs> anyway, uh, but that's uh, I just read that I re I knew that I just had forgotten. I was reading an article and they mentioned that Warren Zevon basically, like a lot of guys, just didn't get checked in time. So go get yourself checked. That's all I'm going to say. Otherwise, there'll Definitely. be no more werewolves of London. Yeah, I mean, he could. He didn't need to die. Like he was a pretty young guy at the time of his diagnosis, and the problem is, mm-hmm. he waited and waited and waited until it was at a stage where there was nothing they can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, buddy of mine, you know him, uh, is going to have to get the terp. He's getting a terp in um, in January, and I said that you would. Uh, is he, yeah. yeah, my buddy who uh, north of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've had the turp. It was not a big deal, was it? Uh, yes and no. Hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's surgery. So it's and somewhat invasive. And uh, it's a big decision at the time. Because like most surgeries, they give you the pros and cons and the what could happen. Mm-hmm. So it's like a crapshoot in your mind. They know that it's pretty much 100% safe, but they still have to acknowledge what could go wrong so you know it's like any surgery and then you have to oh geez okay do i want that uh but yeah it was a game changer for me well in his case it's not just uh mechanical it's also he's got there's some cancer stuff around there so they have to go in and get that out and i guess they do a terp to get the Mm -hmm. to shave away the cancer but anyway just a little public service from humble and fred uh dan you ready uh, okay. 
That's All Canada. right, here comes Dan Duran, everybody. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto and in a Brampton basement studio. It is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy. That would be GoDaddy. Aaron Ventures. <laughs> wow. That would be Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. Eat what you want to eat, drink what you want to drink, and be what you want to be. Enjoy classics like the legendary Portuguese spinach dip and the unforgettable chicken wings. Fuel your adventurous spirit that craves something a little different, a little more original. And now here are two men who think the U.S. midterms need a U.S. midwife. It's Humble and Fred. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, Freddie, why don't you lead us off with uh, one of our other fine supporters? Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they have been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Go to Bodog, you can wager on anything, everything. That's Bodog. Nice. Right on, man. Uh, I don't know where you are. There's a couple things I wanted to run by you. Well, I wanted to run something by well, you. Well, why don't you go first? Because I got a couple things I want to catch up with you on. Uh, I told you I, uh, before the show... Uh, because obviously I thought of you and I thought this is very good. Again, you know, we, in fact, I read a few um, comments this morning, people mad at the Ontario government, Doug Ford in particular for the, you know, the notwithstanding clause and blah, 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 all that stuff. Another thing that seemed to have worked. But anyway, starting, I believe next year, grade six and up, Holocaust education in Ontario schools, a reaction to the out-of-control incidents of anti-Semitism in Ontario. So this is um, their reaction. I get, They think that people need to know more about it. Kids need to learn about this. And maybe this will get a handle on how Jewish people are literally imbu- abused in this province, and it flies under the radar for whatever reason. So... And the government now is being applauded for this because it's almost long overdue because other ethnic groups, other cultures, other races have similar things available. Uh, so, again, long overdue. Well, I appreciate you bringing that to the attention of the people. Mm-hmm. I would have, when you first told me a few minutes ago, I sort of I thought, well, that's a great thing, obviously. And we talked a little bit about how, how there is embedded cultural education, Black History Month, mm-hmm. um, etc. Mm-hmm. And, and it's great. But I was thinking while you were saying it now, that isn't there, is there not any Holocaust or historical, again, isn't that stuff already taught in, in our education system at some point? It seems that it isn't. Listen, I mean, traditionally... You know, there was a curriculum for, you know, white Canadian kids, I guess. And it takes situations or 
maybe incidents to change that. You know what I mean? You have to sort of be jolted into things sometimes. Because traditionally that what it was, because that's what the province was. It was just a bunch of white kids. Yeah. So that type of history, you know, beyond world wars and, you know, whatever, Canadian history, prime ministers and all that stuff, that it became, as the face of the nation changes, well, the history changes, uh, I guess. And that's where it comes from. And this is just another example. Well, it's long overdue because, as I've, I've pointed out a few times over the last few years, and in fact, recently I gave you the stat that, and this was from America, but it, it's, it holds here in Toronto that the Jews make up something like one and a half to two percent of the population and 50 plus percent of all hate crimes in <laughs> America and in Toronto, it's 56 in Toronto, are against <laughs> Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, I, I had it in front of me a couple of weeks ago about the population. The Jewish population of Toronto is under a couple hundred thousand people. It might, it may not even be a hundred thousand, but it's in that zone. And the number. So I, I always say, and again, of course, it, it, it tweaks me because I'm a Hebrew. But I always wonder, like, if that many hate crimes were against Muslims or Catholics or blacks or mm-hmm. Asians. Like, it would be over the top in the news. Like, you know, for a while there, during the beginning of the pandemic, Asian hate, hashtag Asian hate was a big deal. And then as it should have been, there was all these people, no minds reacting to the Asians, thinking they brought the pandemic, whatever. But it still wasn't enough to to get ahead of the Jews in hate crime. No, I know. I, like, I don't know what to say. I've, it's always bewildered me. And I, I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah. Is it geared to economic status? But not to say there isn't poor Jewish people or desperate Jewish people, which there are, but I, I, I don't know. Well, you know, incidents with police, I mean, it always seems to be the same focus. Does that not happen? I don't know. Well, Ralph uh, Renmergi has explained it a couple times, but it's just been it's a, it's thousands of years old. The uh, you know the, the Jewish religion predates Christianity by three or four thousand years. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway, I, I was I was telling you about this comedian named Ari Shafir. Mm-hmm. And, and I sent you his stand-up. He's a Jewish comic, been around a long time, very dirty. Like, his, his regular stand-up is extremely dirty, really funny. And a lot of comedian people that like stand-up would know who Ari is. But he started off life as an orthodox, like, mm-hmm. super orthodox Jew, you know, with the curly... Uh, sideburns all that that kind of that kind of jew went to went to israel for two years to become a rabbi and at some point around age 23 woke up one day and went i don't believe in god <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, so that his whole new special is called ari shafir jew and it is funny and it's uh, very interesting talks a lot about why people distrust jews Mm-hmm. And he's very self-aware, talks about Judaism and what a crazy religion it is. But he also talks about other religions. He's uh, I won't do this justice, but at one point he comes off stage and one of his non-Jewish friends says, oh, come on, Ari, you got to stop making fun of the Catholics. He goes, mm-hmm. OK, maybe you could just stop, you know, that that one thing, <laughs> you know, and just the way he does it. He's like, 
yeah, just stop fucking kids, you know, and then, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, maybe, maybe yeah. roll that back a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I would just recommend it because it's really funny, but it's also very instructive. It's very, it gives you a real primer on what the Jewish religion is, how wacky it is, but also how mm-hmm. wacky, you know, other religions are. Mm-hmm. But that thing you talk about, yeah, just stop having sex with young boys. Yeah. Priest. Yeah. To me, that doesn't get enough attention. I don't know how that flies. Out of <laughs> no, I like, know. It's, it's amazing. How is that on the, how is that not on the news every goddamn day? Oh, and how people within that religion themselves don't call it out more. It's almost like that dirty little secret over there. Let's not talk about that. I'm, I'm going to mass. Thank you. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. It, I, 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 if any, for anyone that is interested in co- religion as comedy, this is also a great special because he talks about how Christianity has so many variations. Like, you know, there's basically Muslims and Jews mm-hmm. and and then there's Christianity, which has like 30 different versions, Protestants, Lutherans, uh, all that stuff. And uh, it's like I said, it's really funny, but it's also very instructive. It's very smart. Oh, well, I'll be watching it. And I, I really think I said I was watching last night. I thought, oh, Freddie, will love this. Uh, and so will lots of the other humble and Fred people. Um, we did a lot of stuff on Trump yesterday. And it's going to come up a little bit in our emails, but. You know, let's talk a little bit about that New York Post article. It's interesting for a couple of reasons because it's the New York Post, which is owned by Rupert Murdoch. And they are yeah. no longer. You can just really see the Murdoch family, even Fox News, jumping off the Trump bandwagon. Well, yeah, now they're putting politics ahead of Trump. I mean, there's a revolution taking place within the party. They realize now that he's just such a, well, he's now a four or five time loser, that he is not the future of the party. So if we follow this Donald Trump thing, you know, the brand is going to suffer. Oh, yeah. And slowly but surely, they're caring more about the brand than they are the man, if you want to call him a man. But, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be very, very interesting over the next few weeks to see how this settles. Well, I want to ask you a question in a second. But the, the, the point of the article, both of us read it, is that basically, you know, all the a, a great amount of Trump supported candidates lost. And yes, some of this, there were lots of uh, Trump supported candidates that that won. There was a lot of there's like over 200 of those election questioning weird Republicans, but a lot of the actual like Mehmet Oz, a lot of the people that Trump supported all got beat. And as you just said, the Republican party, like it, it ultimately could be the house and Senate go to the Republicans as it has Mm -hmm. in every Mm -hmm. midterm for 35 years. Did you know Joe Biden and the Democrats performed better in this midterm than any other democratic party or any other non or any any other sitting government since kennedy yeah since 1960 yeah they performed the best in the midterm so yeah whether they lose control doesn't matter that's that's nothing but a message to the republicans and how a lot of their candidates have gone off the rails because of Trump. Well, and, and not to get too f- into the details, but here's an interesting stat. Like there were 
there were people in the primaries, like regular Republicans, sort of normal mm-hmm. politicians that Trump didn't like because they voted against him and voted to impeach him or, or didn't question the election or thought January 6th was real. And this fucking Trump, he, he, he made sure those guys, because they didn't support him, he made sure they didn't get the nomination, you know, the primary. And those guys lost. Mehmet Oz was one of them. There were a lot of races that Trump candidates were supported in over the regular Republicans who didn't. And all they all they did wrong was not go along with that big lie of his. And there was some clever maneuvering by the Democrats where during the primaries, they pushed money towards those whack job candidates. So they would win the primaries and be the candidates. So when the election came, there wasn't much of a choice. Here's another key. Uh, point to all of this. Yes, some Trump whack jobs were elected, but only in deep red states. They would have been elected anyway, no matter, you know, I forget the analogy, you know, you could run a glass of water for the Republicans and they would win. Yeah, the, um, the one I heard when the article was uh, they could a corpse, a Republican yes. corpse would win in those counties. But wherever it mattered, loser, maybe ex- except that Vance guy who's a bit of a whack job, but uh, I think that was Ohio. But where it really mattered, in purple states, in swing states, where it was actually a contest, no. So you know Michael, what? Um, logic and uh, decency prevailed. And, and again, to explain what you said about performed better than any president, it's generally the rule that the party that has the White House, excuse me, loses the midterms. And it's happened. It happened to Obama. It happened to Clinton. Happened to Bushes. And even though it may happen to Biden this time, it's just that it won't. It's nowhere near the levels that they were expecting, and the levels of those other presidents. And you know how that happened. I was reading about this yesterday, and it's so true. Traditionally, that happened, and it was a, at one point that wasn't a bad thing. So, in some cases, almost a good thing because it kept the sitting government in check. But that's when they could work together between elections. There's a long, rich, wonderful history of Republicans and Democrats working together in those situations when the country mattered. You know, and it slowly started to erode through the 90s and everything, but it, it totally fell apart during the Obama years because it became not what's best for the country, what's best for my party, or what's the best way to screw that guy. And it's sad. So something that actually used to work for the country now works bitterly against it. It's it's sad. So here is my question Mm -hmm. to you and others. Mm. And it's going to I'm going to ask it in two parts because that Biden did much better than than anyone thought and his policies and his sort of general decency did better than people thought. So do you think that makes him want to continue and run in 24? And the second part is, considering what a shit-kicking he got, does Trump continue this path of madness and declare his candidacy for president? No, I'm just reading this morning. Trump is he's doing this back victory lap. He thinks that he performed well. His people performed well, generally. Again, he's overlooking the fact that where they performed, anybody could have won. 
and uh, overlooking the fact where where it matters, they didn't. And then even Ron DeSantis, there's another thing, too. You know, Noel started to describe it yesterday, and then I looked into it yesterday. I was doing some reading how that snake changed a lot of the districts. Like that, you know, to have that happen, they literally sat there and thought, okay, we'll carve it here and we'll push this here. Well, so when the election happens, those will be there and this will be here. And it's uh, people should know about that. Anyway, bottom line, Ron DeSantis um, performs very well. And now Trump's comparing his results in Florida during the presidential election to, to, to <laughs> no, Santa's during the, the <laughs> yeah. midterms. And none of it makes sense, but it's all about me, me, me. It makes me laugh. You got to give Trump credit in this case. He's always yeah. on brand. He's always on brand. No matter what yes. the situation, he actually does what you'd expect him to do, which is as you described, overlooked all the fucking logic and then actually mm-hmm. take a shot at Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's what is wrong with that country. Many things, at least in Canada, we're not doing different election uh, practices province to province. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a national uh, mechanism to run our elections. What I what I'm most fascinated about the last couple of days, I'm reminded about how different it is. Like the fact that they're still counting votes in Arizona is bizarre to me. How it's not standardized across the country. This is how we do it in every state. But they're so, and that's because of their, oh, it's so individual. It's all about the individual. Yeah, but it's, it doesn't work. And a guy like Ron DeSantis can go ahead in front of an election because mm-hmm. he's the governor of the, of the uh, mm-hmm. state and redraw. And that's what that gerrymandering was. He redrew mm-hmm. the electoral map. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't do that. in If you're in the premier of Manitoba, you can't change the rules because you think it'll benefit your stupid party. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, we'll take questions. It's shocking. What about Biden? You think this will embolden him? Because I heard a bunch of the Democrat supporters yesterday going, well, you know, what Joe Biden wants to do, you know, whatever. But I well, look at this way. Biden's national numbers are still better than Trump's. So I got that impression yesterday. Biden, when asked about it, said, yeah, right now I'm going to run. But that's two years away. I have a wife. I have a family. We're going to talk about it. And I thought that's a logical answer. He's saying yes, but you never know what the future holds. He didn't bring up his age, but you know that's what he's thinking. When you're that age, you don't know two years from now. But anyway, but when you look at it face value, If Trump's the candidate, you want Biden to run because he will beat him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I I just don't think Trump Trump can get through. In 2015, if you go back and I'm sure people have seen these ads where Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz and all these Trump sycophants were talking about what a shit heel they thought Donald Trump was. Like, they're all on the record. In the primaries of the 2016 presidential election, all those snakes were talking shit about Trump until he won. But I think in this particular case, they're going to be ready for him. And they have now seen that. I don't think Trump's going to get the nomination. I don't think he's going to be able to get on a stage with Ron DeSantis and all those guys now and defend 
because they're going to bring up. See, in, in those days, all they had to bring up was Trump's personality and character. Now they can bring up all the shit that he wrote. Uh, yeah, but in the end, it's all up to the people, you know. Like that. That's if the if the if the people, the delegates, or whatever they call them down there. If it's in fact, it's if they, you know, like they're Donny, they're not. They're not going to care because people that still latch onto him don't care. So that's what I say. It's going to be quite an adventure over the next two years. It certainly is. Here's a little uh, uh, taste of I, I tweeted this yesterday uh, and I said this. This is exactly who he is and always has, ble- has been. Please fuck the fuck away. Well, I think if they win, I should get all the credit. And if they lose, I should not be blamed at all. OK, that's Donald Trump, everybody. That's the uh, former uh, president of the United States. Well, I think if they win, I should get all the credit. And if they lose, I should not be blamed at all. Okay, but it'll probably be just the opposite. Uh, Yeah. If they win, I should get all the credit. That is a narcissist, ladies and gents. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine he actually said that out loud, like not just thought it. Yeah. Like a five-year-old. <laughs> That's what it is. It's uh-huh. like a fucking, you know, you talk about you going sneaking up to the lady who is snoring. That's mm-hmm. what a five-year-old does. Mm-hmm. If they win, I get all the credit. Mm-hmm. He just needs to go away. Yes. And, and, and again, it becomes unhealthy. As I said to you uh, uh, earlier today, I'm watching, and he comes out. He went to vote somewhere in Florida, obviously. And he comes walking out with Melania, and they're holding hands. And I thought, what does, you know, forget him. What does it say about this woman? All he said, all he's done, all he's been accused of, all the blatant, disgusting, gutter pig shit that he's involved with, and she's holding his hand. It gave me the creeps. It did. I'm like, what, like... What does it say about her? Now, that's overthinking, I know. No, I get it, though. That went through my mind. I I always wonder, you know, these God-fearing Christians who believe Mm -hmm. that uh, the Lord sent them Donald Trump. I just like to ask them, well, what Mm -hmm. does your Lord say about the fact that this is his third wife? This is a twice-divorced serial, um, whatever, philanderer. You know, uh, he, me- yeah. he messed around with Melania on the, whatever number, wife number two was. How do they justify that? Like, let's, come on, religious guys. How do you justify that? Five kids, three women, and I'm sure um, a host of, of abortions. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, you know, again, it's hard to get your head around the fact that the voters in Georgia, they're going to have to go to a runoff now because... Enough people, like a good amount of people, saw Herschel Walker and went, yeah, that's our guy. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is just mind-blowing. Well, you know how many things I saw yesterday? Pennsylvania, really? And then a picture of Fetterman, you know, in his uh, hoodie and stuff. And I'm thinking, but these are the same people that think it's okay for Herschel Walker to be a representative? Like, it's it's too much to take. <laughs> And our system here in Canada, like, I know it's not perfect, mm-hmm. but I can't think of a candidate in this country that's as dumb as Herschel Walker. You just wouldn't, because our vetting system, because the way our system mm-hmm. picks people, you, you couldn't be that dumb and get by 
the, no. the pro you couldn't get into the system if you were that stupid no one thing i will say about that with the runoff eh? the reason it's going to a runoff of that third candidate just grabbed enough of the vote to keep them both below 50 during a runoff that person's out so it looks good for warnock because uh i hope so man because those, those independents so to speak are going to have to go one way or the other if they come out and vote Okay, well, that's our little Trump wrap-up uh, today. Uh, Can I just say one more thing? Yes, about, and then... Oh, and we've talked about copycatting and yes. all this. And, and, and again, I don't want to leave Canada out of this. Pierre Poliev yesterday, he says, you know, the entire country is broken. I guess maybe if you went down a list, there's an argument because, you know, things have been better. But right near the top of his, his list again is inflation. Don't insult my intelligence and blame inflation on, on Justin Trudeau. That's what, like, and he blamed it all on the liberals and Trudeau. I'm sorry, when it comes to that, don't do that to me. You're mm. insulting my intelligence. I'm worldly enough. I'm aware enough to know this is a world problem. Take that off the table, dickhead. And it's another reason, you know, I, I can't warm up to this guy. That is all. Well, I, I said that to you the other day that, you know, the people that are calling it, you know, Trudeau's greedflation, that's one of the things that Pierre Polyev is doing. You know, it's almost like, come on, you know, they, we're not even, I think Canada, I, I think there's five or six or seven countries that have a worse inflation than we do. Like, we, we're, we're, in, we're in there, but we're not the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, before we get to our emails today, which is really the whole purpose of today's show, it's very, very dense. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about these fine folks? The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. I invite you, go to chamberplan.ca today and scroll down a bit and read the testimonials. I won't read any right now. I'll leave that to you. Mm. It has the names of the people who own the companies and the names of the companies and what this insurance plan has done for them how uplifting it is for your employees i mean just think about it you have a job it's a small business you'd never dream that you could have a benefits package it would be beyond reach well not so chambers of commerce group insurance plan Thirty thousand canadian businesses been around for 40 years small businesses collectively can purchase this insurance at an affordable cost and keep the premiums down it's all there at chamberplan.ca. I don't know what uh, Rick Emmett was talking about, but he tweeted something like, hey, uh, there's something to do with Triumph on Hockey Night in Canada this weekend, so keep your eyes and ears open for that. And tonight, speaking of sports, sports fans, grab your buds and take a trip down the block to Kelsey's for big nachos, big screens, and big prizes. While you're at Kelsey's, why not enjoy a cold 16-ounce bud? Uh, draft for only six dollars that's right that's a tall boy plus enter for your chance to win over 500 sports prizes including nfl jerseys soccer jerseys and swagger and a grand prize we've told you about this how cool is that vip super bowl 57 experience all you got to do is visit the roadhouse to watch the sports game get a ticket to win this contest is for a limited time so head over Visit kelseys.ca for more details. And did you know, Friedrich, that Kelsey's has been winging it since 1978? Try their legendary chicken wings every Thursday. That's tonight. Sauced and styled how you like them. You did the uh, 
What was that flavor you were uh, rocking the other day when we were there? Sriracha and lime. And I had the uh, lemon pepper dry rub. Amazing. What are you waiting for? Grab your buds and head to Kelsey's tonight and celebrate the start of the weekend the right way. Offer valid with the purchase of a beverage. Must be legal. Drinking age. Please drink responsibly. And uh, as has been our tradition for, uh, I don't know, a while now. You know, I can never remember how long we've done things. But uh, I know we've been doing this for a while, so we'll get right to it. It's Thursday. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. That's how uh, people have been uh, addressing us for some time, traditionally. Uh, why don't we, well, you know what? The first email, basically, we just covered it because uh, just acknowledge who sent us that article. That was Jennifer Brown who sent us the New York Post article about um, what a loser Donald Trump is, which I find encouraging because we often say it. Do we talk too much about that? But, you know, speaking of emails, we're continuously told that, no, um, the amount and the way we do it is okay. So, okay. I have a theory. Right. I, uh, what, the people that got annoyed by us talking about Trump are gone now. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And, and, and no, I'm serious. Like, you know, I, yeah, we got a bit carried away there. But it was also part of, you know, it's history will be kind because, you know, years from now, people will look back at this time and go, can you believe all that stuff? And, you know, how are we going to ignore it? Hi, guys. Uh, so Hi why don't you guys. just skip to uh, the next Brent, one? Brent Atkinson. Brent. Uh, Hi, guys. Uh, listening to your show over the past few weeks, I recall Fred venting understandable frustration with his formerly beloved Maple Leafs uh, to a point where he would like to wean himself from following the team. Yes. I would like to suggest that he also consider weaning himself off minor players of the online world who attempt to take up a lot of oxygen. I seem to have noticed on many occasions Fred referencing Jamie Salah Saleh and her unhinged presence on uh, Twitter. He says he's never uh, bothered to read her. He doesn't care. Uh, he gets the point. Uh, how frustrated I am. We are with her. Why would he? Would he? He also says uh, such a relief to no longer hear you give uh, further attention to that Dinkalele. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I'm not sure what that is. Dinkalele, Chris Sky. Yeah. Consider this a wellness exercise. Uh, anyway, he says we got enough to talk about with what's going on south of the border and other things. So, uh, you know, he just loves the show and a little advice. And listen, I can't argue because every time uh, I go to mention Soleil, I think, oh, should I bother? Uh, I, again, it's usually tied to the copycat thing that we talk about what's going on in the States and up here. But he he's right. Like, why give her? Why give her uh, any attention? Uh, obviously not worth it. So, yes, I take your advice, and maybe from now on I will put a governor on that. Although I will say, you know, I were, being a sports fan and the emotion of back in 2000, remember when her and uh, Pelche uh, were robbed of the gold and then it was given to them? How How good we felt for them. Her, back in 2000, robbed of a gold medal because of the cheating judge. And uh, then ultimately they got it. It was a big sports, a big Canadian event. And to see that person now become this person is uh, 
sad. And that's all I have to say. Okay. About that. Well, I was going to say. I mean, you know, you 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 now given her more airtime. Uh, yes. Considering that uh, I don't remember the 2000 Olympics, but uh, uh-huh. it is interesting that he mentions Chris Sky, who mm-hmm. I said to you this was uh, not that long ago. Mm-hmm. When I said that his 15 minutes will be up, and it's interesting uh-huh. because that is the first reference to Chris Sky. Mm-hmm. That I can yeah, recall. What's happened to him? That's what I mean. I, I don't. He's just somehow crawled back into the hole. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you very Hi much, guys. Brent. Hi guys. Hi guys. This is from our old friend Eric Trombley, Amherst Island Radio, one of our greatest supporters. And I sent this note to our friends at uh, evnet.ca. Just uh, he says, "Hi guys, just letting you know how excited I am about your partnership with the Electric Vehicle Network. Do I love this? Yes, we do. I'm a Hundy P and Patreon supporter, and I've been driving an electric car in the Kingston region for seven years. It's awesome. I'm driving a 2015 Chevy Volt, uh, and I could do a quick check, but I think that's one of the cars you can rent." Uh, I'm driving a Chevy Volt with 144,000 kilometers on. I've saved so much gas money over those seven years. The cost of feeded electricity is so low compared to the cost of gasoline. I'll never go back to uh, cars. It's old technology now. I'm excited to hear more about the EV network and all the vehicles they have available. Try the try before you buy. He's doing the commercial for us. He says, the try before you buy option is amazing. I'm always interested in learning more about electric vehicles and the way the technology keeps evolving and moving forward. Take care. And we say thank you, Eric Tremblay. Yes. Hi, Do you have anything Eric. else for, for Eric or are we just moving on? No, I'm going to skip the next one and go down to Kevin from Bowmanville because the other one needs context and everything. Right? Yeah, I know. It's and it's from your buddy. Yeah. Okay. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. All right. So Kevin says, uh, "Hi guys. I'll try to be as brief as possible. Is that I don't want to lose uh, lose you part way through this email. Yeah, it's a long email, Kevin. <laughs> I too traveled to Europe for a few weeks in September, October. It also ended up with COVID in Paris." Over that trip, I fell behind in the podcast, but the best way to catch up? Well, a drive to Halifax and back over four days, which allowed me to uh, catch up. Uh, Next point. I still love the Trump Republican bashing talk, especially when you have Noel on the uh, on the show as well. We have friends in uh, North Carolina that are diehard Republicans and love their Donald Second Amendment and freedom, all that stuff. Ha ha ha. Uh, the father of my friend is even more hardcore and hardcore and posts regular clips on his Facebook page from Fox News. And uh, that uh, Dan Bongino character, I know, disgusting, like just a. Fucking creep that Dan Bongino. Anyway, says the whole problem with the country is those damn Democrats. By the way, should just quickly give some context. Dan Bongino is like a podcaster, right wing, Rush Limbaugh type of dude. I think he was a. uh, He was in some level of law enforcement before he became a. uh, A pundit. Yeah. All right. Good for him. Uh, anyway, he says, the funniest thing I heard the old man say this summer was, you know why the country keeps pushing electric vehicles? It's because Joe Biden has ownership in a battery company, so he will benefit in the end. Jesus. Oh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. In his eyes, the Republicans can do no wrong. And that damn Obama had the country screwed up before Trump came along and Donald fixed it all up, which is the biggest myth, as we've said many times. Donald Trump's economy was courtesy of Barack Obama. Look it up. Kevin from Bowman, Bowmanville says, uh, fan from 102.1 and day one podcast listener. So we're going to let, we're going to let the long email go because that guy cares about us, mm-hmm. cares about this show and what happens to it. Mm-hmm. You know, we can take a little extra time, even though it got bogged down there in the middle. But uh, thanks, Kevin from Bowmanville. We appreciate you. Appreciate what you're doing. Uh, This is from John Latimer, the uh, reference uh, yesterday's show. He says, Humble Fred and Dan. Enjoyed the show today, as I always do. Particularly, got a chuckle out of you, Howard, when you referenced, he says, Ricky Lake. He means Carrie Lake. He says, I could tell in your heart, you know, she's an evil, you know what, but part of you, guess which part, wouldn't let go of the fact that she's a bit of a smoke factory. And she is. She's very much, you know, very smoky. It's amusing and sad how we males can forgive the opposite sex of almost anything when they fall into the smoke factory category. How shallow are we? He goes on to say, I referenced uh, Rachel Maddow and he uh, recommends her podcast. I've heard of it called Rachel Maddow Presents Ultra. He goes on to talk about why it's so good. I, again, I've heard uh, good things about it. You should check it out yourself. And he says, thank fucking Gord for your podcast. We all need all the laughs we can get. And that is from John uh, Latimer. And we appreciate John checking in. Email. The, the next email from uh, Susanna Bleasley of Hamilton, and um, this is why we love doing the show. This is why we um, love our listeners. How I felt yesterday when I opened this up. I mean, really. I had told the story about booking the flight to uh, Punta Cana. Or, no, or is it Porta Plata? Holy shit. Anyway, uh, Porta Plata. Do you not know where you're going? Yeah. So you you, anyway, got, you got the airport wrong. And then noticing that, you know, the flight left from Toronto came back to Hamilton. Anyway, it says, Dear Fred, such a huge fan that if it helps, you're more than welcome to park your car at my place in Hamilton. I'm downtownish, a day or two ahead of your trip. When you return, I'd be uh, happy to uh, pick you up at the airport, okay, and take you back to my place to pick up pick up your car. I think there's a long-term parking uh, lot at, air, at the airport if you want to, uh, you know, spring for the convenience of having your car over there. But I'd be happy to act as your chauffeur uh, during this time. Compared to Pearson, I think you'll love our little but mighty Hammertown uh, Airport. And that's from Susanna Beasley. Thank you very much. And I get Let's back get her name right. Bleasby. What did I say? Beasley. It's Beasley, and, and Susanna's uh, written. She's an artist, by the way. I don't know if you remember that she has written us uh, several times before. I got her her last name wrong. Oh, Susanna, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, but let's what, just examine what. what, what first of all, I, I saw your note to her, and I sent her a note as well, saying that is so sweet and kind of you, Susanna. But I said you should at least get Fred to open his cheeks for something, a T-shirt, mm-hmm. like seriously. But I. Oh. I like something like she's gonna but the part of this email i don't understand. she wants you to come to her place a couple days in advance and then leave your car there and then what go home and then come back i don't she said you could park 
a day or two ahead of your trip. Are you supposed to stay with her for a couple days? Let me explain, Howard, because this seems to be a little <laughs> beyond you. It is. I'm leaving from Toronto. Right. Oh, so right, I would right, a day right. or two leave my car in Hamilton. I get it. Sorry, from Toronto, come back. I know the logistics are a little beyond. <laughs> okay, you're right. It. I apologize, Suzanne. I didn't get that part. I forgot. Hey, a second ago, you forgot where you were going. <laughs> Don't fucking tell me. I'm going to Putadinka. It was a Putaplortis. I'm going to Portadinki. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I get it. You go Anyways, to Suzanne. Okay, it makes it all makes sense and, and, and to me I now. Told, I told her we're a long way away from those details, but I will reach out as it gets closer. I might take her up on it. You know me. If it means that I can save thirty five, forty bucks, and why not? Okay. Well, you just you you know what? You go ahead. Maybe if you park it at her place, you could get her fucking name right. <laughs> Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi, Hi Suzanne. Boobs me. Uh, this one uh, subject is Dan Duran from Jim Humphreys. He says, hello, humble and Fred. Many thanks for the great conversations and laughs you provide to the public. We are. We are a public service. <laughs> he says, I'm actually inquiring if Dan Duran will respond to emails or is there another email he can be contacted at? I would really like to speak to Dan about home projects and would compensate him for his time. And uh, I sent that to Dan, Jim Humphreys. If you had the, uh, I'll tell you earlier, you know, we joke about Dan all the time, but he's not only an amazing artist, but he's got a great eye and he's very good with the home renovations and you would do well to talk to him if you need some advice. uh, And we will, of course, pass on any inquiries to Dan Duran. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Troy LeBranche. That's that's the correct way to say that, wouldn't it be? Or is it LeBranche? LeBranche. I don't know. Troy. Hey, guys. Hey, hey guys. guys. Hi, guys. Just catching up on some back shows. Howard, uh, you were looking for something to watch. You might want to try The Invisible Pilot. Hmm. It includes th- two things you like, planes and drugs. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Show has been great these days. Gord bless Troy. Mm-hmm. Now, what a, see... What a great email. It's very, it's to the point. It's mm-hmm. easy to read. It didn't, <laughs> didn't have to break it down and try and figure it out. Mm-hmm. I get, by the way, I'd forgot that you were flying just briefly. I forgot you were flying out of Toronto and coming home in Hamilton because you had configured your flight that way. Makes yes, makes total that, that sense. That's why I would do. Hi guys. <laughs> Hi guys. All right. This is from uh, Julie Fleming. Uh, subject line: Bill Maher and George Conway are live on Kimmel tonight, and this was sent to us on Tuesday. Hi Howard and Fred. I know you both care a lot about American politics and feel as demoralized as I do about Trump and his Republican enablers and sycophants. Just letting you know that George Conway who I follow on Twitter, he was married to, or is married to Kellyanne Conway, which is weird. Uh, George Conway and Bill Maher are on uh, Jimmy Kimmel tonight. It might be the only bright spot in the midterm results. This was before all this happened. If you missed Bill Maher's new rules on Friday, he nailed it. Democracy is done in America. Yeah, I saw that, and uh, it's pretty compelling. You know, and you think, oh, maybe it's a little dramatic and a little... uh hysterical but no i mean it's they're on that road and they don't see it it's bizarre it really is and again i sent you guys things some uh, uh another thing 
about all those people, the big, the Trump sycophants and what they said about him during the primaries back in 2015. How do they show their faces? How do they? Yeah, I referenced that. All those, all that audio and video of them calling Trump a dick. Ted Cruz and and, and Rand Paul. Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham and Kellyanne Conway. All the things. And they were right. He's a liar. You can't believe him. He's a con man. He's a shyster. You know, you can't trust him as far as you could push him and all those things. And then became dripping sycophants like that stuff doesn't exist. But, hey, it didn't seem to hurt them. And what's her face? Uh, the the girl, woman, sorry, not girl, the woman who was his press secretary for a while. Also pretty cute. Uh, blondie, Bible thumper. I know who you're talking uh, McEnany. McEnany. Well, she was. You can there's, you can go look this up. Kaylee. Kaylee McEnany. All this video of her talking about what a twit Trump is. Then mm. she becomes his press secretary. And all of a sudden, he's not a twit. Can I say one thing, too? No, please. Please. Talking say two about um, the media and the way, you know, the right jumps all over CNN. You know, most of them. And I know they've made a shift to the middle. And it's a conscious thing, I guess, for business reasons or whatever it may be they have a desk there during the half of it is republican you're getting both sides yes you know so you're getting the jake tapper you're getting the um the anderson cooper giving their left-leaning thoughts but they are throwing it right to republicans who immediately give it the other side do you see anything like that on fox and you know why they don't want lefties on fox because they wouldn't know how to respond to them. They wouldn't know how to react to logic. Well, when they do have, and to, not to correct you, but occasionally they do have, occasionally they do have another voice on there, whether it's an interview with a, a Democrat or a senator or whatever. All they do is yell over them. That's right. There's one on the five, a young woman, and it's yeah. the same thing no matter what she says. You know, that Greg gut felt little creep and Jesse Waters, they just talk over her and laugh at her and... There's nothing constructive about it. And there's no respect. Well, that's the weird thing is there's just no respect Mm -hmm. for, and that's why it's sort of immature and childish. I heard her yesterday on The Five. I listened to that for a little bit. I don't know her name, but, you know, she was trying to make some logical points. And again, all they do is yell at her, mock her. But they don't don't do that on CNN. When they have somebody from the Republican Party on CNN, they give them, even though I couldn't do it, but they do, they give them respect and... And they act like we used to act when things seemed more, I don't want to say normal, but sort of more decent. Well, exactly. And to be fair, the Republicans they have on are moderate republics who are Republic, moderate Republicans who now at this point are being proven right. They detached from Donald Trump long ago. Yeah, but the, the extreme Republicans won't come on CNN because, again, they no, can't. No, no, I know. Yeah, they, they won't. Like, they, they can't handle. You know, you know, any video you see of Carrie Lake, smoke show, <laughs> is all on that OAN or Newsmax or something. It's never on a regular. You know, no. she never spews her shit to actual journalists. She only spews it to people that agree with her. Well, that's, uh, that's another thing. And I, I heard uh, our boy Tucker. Bring it to, yeah, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. I was saying to bring it home. That's why Richard Surrett won't come on the show anymore. Yeah, well, we don't. He couldn't answer the questions we'd ask him. So I mean, well, the thing is, we were so moderate with him too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I heard our boy Tucker last night, and it might have been the most. Well, first of all, forget his little laugh. I just want to punch him in the face. 
That aside, I listened to him for about 15 minutes on the way home from dinner last night and uh, had it on the satellite. And it was probably, it was still unhinged, but it was fairly measured. It was the, he, because there's no other way, there's no other way to spin what happened on Tuesday, even mm-hmm. at the Tucker Carlson level. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it was, I was kind of surprised that he was talking about the Trump effect and how it didn't have the effect that they thought it was like they are just. And that's why when you sent me that new or we that listener sent us that newer post article, you can just feel like CNN's going more toward the middle. But so is Fox. Fox is definitely t- pivoting away from Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess they've determined it's good for business. Well, what yeah. made them go all Trump was good for business. And now, listen, these people aren't stupid. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe that will be the thing that saves it. Maybe Fox is like, hey, we're being sued. We're going to lose billions of dollars over this Dominion voting thing. All righty. Uh, this is for you. I think you uh, I read the last one. I think this is from Gord. Gord. That's all it says is Gord. Gord. I was listening to Fred's complaint today about his Bell cell coverage in his house. I wondered why he, uh, why he isn't using Wi-Fi calling. With Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi calling, your phone can leverage the Internet in your house over Wi-Fi to connect to the cell network instead of cell towers and will also allow you to use your phone in areas with Internet service but no cell coverage. Okay, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're sincere about that. Although I have uh, although I have decent cell coverage in my house, it is advantageous to use Wi-Fi as it will give you consistent connectivity. I, 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 okay, to enable it, go to your cellular settings for Bell. Scroll through, uh, scroll through to Wi-Fi calling, and make sure Wi-Fi calling on this iPhone is on. Stay strong, Gord. Well, thank you, Gord. I mean, I'll have to read that a few times after the show to get my head around it, and maybe that has been a service to someone listening who's in the same situation. Okay. Thank Hi you, uh, Gord. Hi thank guys. you, Simply Hi Gord. Humba and Fred. E- 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 da, 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 finally, well, actually, not finally. Uh, last one here for me. Stanley Tucci is the uh, subject line. Hey, Howard. Hey, Fred. Long-time listener, then in brackets, no Hundy P, unfortunately, end of brackets, first-time writer. Howard, on the Bill Brio episode the other day, you mentioned that you were watching Stanley Tucci's Italy series, which is fabulous. How are you doing that? My wife wants to watch it, but I can't find it anywhere here in Canada and the GTA, unless it's through the IPTV that Fred is checking out at stoplights. <laughs> I forgot about that. comes from Jay Fedosoff. Fedosoff. F-E-D-O-S-O-F-F. Jay Fedosoff. Uh, well, I, you've responded to him. I saw your response. It was, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a series. It's a season two, I think, on CNN. Sundays, uh, either at 9 or 10. I, I've been taping it and the Murdoch series. And I'm a couple episodes behind. It's weird. I think I said this to you. After when we were talking about it with Bill Brio, after watching it, after watching him just as a television presenter, I, I watched a movie with him in it, and I just found it a little bit odd that he's also an actor. <laughs> but uh, you know, we obviously know he was an actor before he was doing the series. You see what I'm saying? I didn't. You didn't what? Know that Stanley? Oh, stop it! I'm this, telling. You. Oh, stop! Do you want me to lie? Yes, I, I don't know. I, I didn't. I, 
When I started watching that show, because it was Italy and I had been there a couple of times, I thought, this guy, this is good, this show. And then it came up, he was an actor. I thought, I didn't know that. I'm telling you. All right. You know, I'm not into pop pop culture as much as you are. I just didn't. Yeah, I, well, I appreciate that. Uh, I can you tell you though, I, I'm not I'm not demeaning you. I'm just saying I don't I find that hard to believe because he's been in so many movies that you've that you've enjoyed. And uh, if I had more time right now, I could name I could name them. What are they? Well, stand by. Okay. You <laughs> of course, I'm going to research. I don't know. I'm going to do some research right now. Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci was an actor. Sorry. Well, I find that impossible to believe. <laughs> He's been in 139 movies. Great. So is Dan Duran. Well, no offense to Dan Duran, but mm-hmm. did you like the movie Spotlight? He was in that. Loved it. Okay. Well, he's in that. Did you like the movie Julie and Julia? He's Can't in that. Oh, okay. He was in Spotlight? Yeah, man. He's been in a million things. He's been in, uh, fuck. Let me go to some of his bigger movies. He's been in some pretty cool. He was, was Spotlight the one about the Catholic uh, yes. the priest? Or, or, oh, okay. What was the one about the drummer? What was that called? That was, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I think it was something. Mm-hmm. Spot lady or something, <laughs> snow something like whiplash. No, or something like whiplash. That. Right, whiplash. whiplash. Is that it? That was great too. Yeah, I mean, he's been in a lot of movies. Um, I could. I'm just trying to get the mo- the most famous one. You ever seen the movie Big Night with uh, Tony Shalhoub? It's about two brothers that open an Italian restaurant. He was in that. He was the brother in that, and and just so many other things. Doesn't matter though. But hey, listen, you know. Uh, that's uh, it's, no, it's neither here nor is it there. <laughs> mm-hmm. It doesn't even matter because you're, you know what, you enjoy, enjoy what you're doing. See, I've never been one of those guys where you guys will talk about movies and so and so directed it. I don't know who directs a goddamn movie. I've never cared. Okay, do you know who directed The Godfather? Uh, yeah, that's the uh, what's his head guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy, Coppola. Yeah. Okay. Francis Did you know who? And I, at the Tarantino stuff, I've got that okay, all because well, I really like it, and there's such a connection to that. Well, but. that's all I'd say. I was going to say. I was going to say. Do you know who Jack was going to say it? Taryn, you know, you know more than you like to let on. Uh, let's go to our last email. Well, it's actually a Hi voicemail. Hi guys. Hi guys. And uh, Hi guys. yeah, we're, and we're going to wrap it up. There's just no way we can listen to all of it. But uh, this comes from Jen Kelly, and uh, there was a bit of a mix-up. I don't want to get into it, but she was worried that you were mad. God forbid that you were angry because you didn't like her emails or voicemails. And it was actually just more of a technical glitch. Oh, hello there, Dan Duran. Thank you. Dan Duran has just come down with some beautiful coffees to warm up. Thank you. That'll be enough. Thank you, Dan Duran. (laughs) Did he bring you a crumpet? Mm. No, there's no crumpets. Although he did buy some uh, biscotti at, uh, Mm. at... Costco. I had so you much of those crumpets that you just buy at uh, like the grocery store. What is a crumpet, by the way? Well, they're spongy and full of holes, and they're just good toasted. And then they suck up the butter, and then you put some jam on them. Delicious, spongy and full of holes. And it's yeah. like it's like your wiener. <laughs> okay. Well, hi you guys. Sponge with the turp. <laughs> okay. Here comes uh, Jen. Well, hi guys. It's Jen Kelly with another voice note. Three minutes. Jen First Kelly. and foremost, Fred, 
I humbly apologize for saying that I offended you. And I'm so happy that Mimico Mike went back and listened to the show because all I heard you say was you had a problem with it, but I never for whatever reason thought that it would be a technical problem. So thank you so much, Mike, for clarifying that. Fred, my utmost apologies for thinking that I offended you and we had to have a discussion about your tone. So my apologies. Fred has tone. So here I am sending another voice note. I started to send an email because I wasn't sure if I should send a voice note, but then my email was getting too long and I didn't want to get reamed for sending a really long email. But just a few things, guys. This whole tipping thing, I wholeheartedly agree. It is absolutely out of control. I mean, my husband and I were going through the self-checkout at Walmart the other day and he cracked a joke saying, oh, are they going to ask us for a tip? Like, that's the point it's gotten to. Legit question. And I, like you, was just in Europe, humble, and I was in Milan and I couldn't believe no tax, no tipping on food, and the service was impeccable and the city was packed. This was back in September. So, yeah, this tipping thing is completely out of control. I was at a Chinese restaurant, actually, a Lobster Fishman House up at Finch and Kennedy the other night, and mm. I tipped $50 before the service started. $50? That's the part that got me. She gave 50 bucks before? And, and before the service yeah, started? Yeah, I don't know. That, that, the- again, I don't want Jennifer to have to re- to clarify another thing, but when I, read, when I heard that, I was like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> Is that like you parking at Jennifer's or Susanna's place before you go to... <laughs> there was only a 12% service charge. So they're doing it right. I mean, that's what tipping is about, to ensure prompt service. That's where mm-hmm. it came from back yeah. in the day. You tip beforehand to make sure you so, get good service. So uh, this goes on for another minute and a half. Right. What's that? That's that's a good point. What a, what's that? That was the tradition. You tip beforehand. It was like The Apprenticeship of De- Daddy Kravitz, my favorite movie of all time. Remember yeah, who directed guy? it? Um, Norman Jewison. Reitman. Oh, oh, okay, right. Jewison. Jew. Remember the old guy rips the $100 bill in half and he gives Duddy half and he goes, you get the other half if you look after me during. Yeah, yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> to ensure prompt service. That's what uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jennifer's saying. Anyway, Jennifer goes on for another minute and a half, which is not a big deal, but we don't have time now. <clears throat> Maybe we'll play the rest of Jennifer's voicemail and next week when we do uh, our emails. But <laughs> thank you very much, Jennifer. Uh, Kelly, for your voice note, if you'd like to also... Uh, do that. You're more than welcome uh, to uh, send us a note. Humble and Fred at Humble and Fred Radio. dot com. Are you? Uh, do you still have anything left to do? Yes, I want to talk about Tim Niblett. I wish you would stand by, please. Please stand by for Tim Niblett's actual music. Here we go. Dun, dun. Tim Niblett is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, he was on the show yesterday, uh, you know, made some great points about where we're at in investing and where we're going and, you know, the security of having the right person look after it and the fact that he's available on both sides of the border. And after that, I uh, I placed a call to him because uh, of a businessman. And um, he just sounded so excited. He was on his way to his uh, his southern home and looking forward to that and opportunity to see his grandchild again and opening up the gator garage and anyway i came away just thinking there's a good guy there's a genuine nice wonderful man and that's where i want to put my money yeah man the security that he would provide with my money through investment and helping me walk into my golden years. He's a retirement Sherpa. It's Tim Niblett, retirementsherpa.ca. Okay, well, I can't wait. Uh, 
I can't wait to announce you as uh, the Sherpa's latest client. Mm-hmm. Just as soon as you sign that deal, let me know. <laughs> okay. Uh-uh. <laughs> this uh, program is brought to you by GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years. Servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. Come on. 20 million GoDaddy customers. That's why uh, people go to GoDaddy to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. If you have a great idea for a small business or a side hustle and you've been putting it off, uh, now's the time to do it. Maybe it's an online store. There's no better time than now to get online and get your domain, create your website, and all of it. Let GoDaddy help you bring your ideas to life. With GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support, they help you every step of the way. You can even start your website website for free with GoDaddy today. Try it out. No credit cards required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. And now, uh, speaking of learning more, hi, Dan. Hey. Thank you for uh, making a delicious uh, coffee. Well, you uh, requested a, a refill when, when a refill was ready, and I thought, well, then now is the time. Well, I appreciate it. A little uh, Java to the uh, the main host of the show. Or well, the I appreciate it. Uh, well, Dan uh, <clears throat> Dan went to Costco yesterday and came back to the home with all kind of Kirkland goodies, including some biscotti, which I uh, ate a ton of last night. Is he wearing his Kirkland pants? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have Kirkland pants, Dan? It's Kirkland jeans? Yeah, I am, I am, actually. You know what Kirkland makes that you guys uh, maybe you don't know, but you won't be surprised that they make? <laughs> that was a joke, you are? What? Anyway. No, he, Say that again, what's, wrong, what's wrong with Kirkland pants? I don't know. I've got my head around the Kirkland golf ball thing because I was just going to say that that Kirkland yes. makes. Maybe you do. You do know that they make yeah. a really good golf ball. My son was telling me the other day, too, about uh, these wedges. You buy three wedges for 200 bucks, and apparently they're made by uh, some highfalutin company. And um, so I went, and uh, I was going to buy them, and they didn't have any lefties. So Yeah, the Kirkland, the the rumor is that the Kirkland golf ball is basically performs like a, you know, a Pro V, which is the sort of, you know, or a TP5X, the tailor-made version of sort of the best ball that they make. But I was, I'm, I've never used one, but I know people that have that this Kirkland ball is very, very inexpensive. And uh, But anyway, Dan Duran went to Costco yesterday, and now that we're like the odd couple, we're roommates again. I was telling Spencer last night, Dan, she asked me, uh, they asked me, what you know, living with you for the next little while. So, you know, Dan and I were roommates when we were, I want to say 23 and 25 in that age in that category yeah, yeah. i said I'm, I'm very comfortable having dan duran around i know the dan duran routine and all of a sudden some food showed up and some a big uh, sack of coffee beans the size of a small child mm. well i guess with dan there you won't be using the pods right because he's against the pod and he likes his uh, fresh brood mm-hmm. oh, dan tell that there. story i gotta say that i because I, I noticed that howard was brewing coffee when i got here it wasn't Ooh. because i got here it was already a thing happening and i was like well what happened to your pod system and uh howard's response was that he's saying you know thinking a little bit about the planet and uh, you know how many little pods he's been going through and uh <laughs> he said that yeah 
Oh, okay. That was part of his decision process. We he may, ran out we of may have been a bit high when, I, when this happened. <laughs> <laughs> a teeny tiny bit Blowing high. straws there. But anyway, he was, uh, you know, I, I, I felt that it warmed my heart that knowing that, that mm-hmm. he's, uh, you know, made made a little move to help the planet, which is... Mm-hmm. And they're also expensive. He says what he, what he thinks you want to hear. He's a politician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I didn't... Yeah. I, and to be fair, I am a politician, but I did not... I was not aware, actually, of Dan's hatred of the pods because all the time he's been here, he avails himself of a multi pods. I, you know, he, he's not a, when it comes to Dan convenience. But I did. I have been thinking that. And, and again, regardless or irrespective of whatever of this conversation, I just started thinking about how much it's costing the company with all these pods and how just how little effort it takes to brew coffee so i mm-hmm. now do it in the evening i put my little programming on although it's i screwed it up the other day but for the most part i the coffee's made when i come downstairs and my only problem with that is the pod every cup is as fresh as the one before but if you make four or five cups in a thing by the time you get to the second and third cup it's been sitting on the burner for a while and i don't like that taste that's that's my well for you fred I recommend getting a, a complete coffee system where you put the beans in and the water in, and then you push a button and it comes out. Yeah. And uh, I have one of those up at the lake. Well, actually, it's my son's. And, and Lumby's got this fancy one where it makes individual cups like restaurant style, that yeah, machine of his. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. But, you know, like I have two cups of coffee now. I'm not having multiple cups of coffee. So I... And the only reason I asked Dan to make a little bit more is because I made enough for him and I to have a cup of coffee, right. and then I didn't really get all the second cup. But I'm not having like four or five cups of coffee anymore. No, I understand. But in your drip system, isn't making just two a little difficult? No, I made like eight eight cups, or I put no. eight. Oh, I see. What no, you no, mean. no. Yeah. I mean, when you're on your own, because he said he came and you were doing that. I was already doing. No, really, it's not that big a deal. I put a, I put enough in for basically two of these or one and a half of these Yeti things, and I never finish it all. It's funny when he said push the button and everything. I remember something from a kid. Did you ever do this? Push the button, pull the chain. Out comes the chocolate choo-choo train. Remember that? So you would push your belly button. You'd pull at your crotch like you were pulling your dick and then bend over like you were having a dump. So it was push the button, pull the chain. Out comes the chocolate choo-choo train. Yeah, but I I didn't do that, but I didn't have your Catholic upbringing. (laughs) That was an unusual. Yeah, I was going to say that was clearly under the direction of a priest or one of your creepy uncles. (laughs) <laughs> and Holy I wanted to shit. teach my grandkids that there was no like I was taught that as a kid for that like no, anyway. and I thought it was funny. I yeah, thought it was funny. It's great, it's a great bit. But I yeah. know you can't teach the kids that. Oh no. no, that's awful. You don't want them going to school and doing that. No, yeah, you because really, what do you? Yeah, you did. And look what it had. Look how you turned out. <laughs> Okay, John, what I want you to do is push your belly button, then grab your dick, then lean over like you're going to take a shit. Okay, you got it? Now, do it nice for Grandpa. <laughs> Fuck me. No wonder your kids are like, no, no, don't do that. Okay, John, no, but you're not getting the shit part right. <laughs> Come on, Johnny. We've been over this. <laughs> and just at May, your, your granddaughter looking oh, you at you. you make a point. You make a good point. <laughs> your granddaughter's just looking on bewildered. What are you doing, Papa? <laughs> Johnny, you're not, you're not getting... Johnny, you got the belly button part right, but you're not pulling your dick enough. <laughs> Jesus, kid. Mel, I don't, know Jesus kid. I don't know what's wrong with this boy. He's not pulling the chain and standing over with a chocolate choo-choo train. <laughs> anyway. Uh, 
I think we're all up today. I got. Uh, oh, I know. I, we are missing this. Uh, Dan Duran's news today. Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. It's got a note from uh, Rudra who concurs with me and anyone else that knows that movie. It's called Big Night. I'll tell you what, it's, it's one of those movies... Every once in a while, I'll go back and watch again. I always tell people, if you've never seen it, get prepared. Be prepared to want to eat Italian food after you see it. It's really one of those great movies about two brothers that open this restaurant. Italians, they're like, and Stanley Tucci is completely like speaks Italian in this movie. It is so, they, they make pasta look so goddamn good in this thing. Well, like the Sopranos, remember? Yes, that? those eating scenes. Oh, I think, God. oh man, I want some spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you get it, if you, it's one of those, it's, I think it's on Netflix. If it's one of those ones, like if you haven't seen it, it's a good little '90s movies, and you know, not everyone's on a cell phone, and no one's referencing Twitter, and it's sort of an old-fashioned film. Uh, Dan Deru, are you uh, ready? Hey, I was in a Stanley Tucci movie once. Too. Obviously, yeah, yeah. What was the movie? The, I think I think it was called Silence or something like that. It was about some sort of monster that would come out of somewhere if you were if you made any noise. Really? At night. Yeah, Did you? Were you? Uh, was the monster in, on a news set? <laughs> I was reporting on something. Oh, you're reporting. You, you do with the you know monster beating people or something. I I can't remember. Were you Were you ever on set with Stanley? No, oh. he'd already been wrapped and went home. Here's a question, Dan. Speaking of being yeah. on sets with the star, because oftentimes, again, Dan plays a reporter in front of an, uh, something that's happening in the movie. A lot of the Marvel movies you've been in, you're that guy or you're the guy on the news. Who is the biggest star? Uh, take a second. That you've been on set with. Hmm. I think, you know, maybe... Uh I don't know. Maybe 50, 50 cents? Cent? 50 cents. 50 cents, yeah. That guy. Come on. I didn't know who he was at the time because I didn't follow uh, his style of music and I had no idea. I thought he was... An, I, I knew of him, but I thought he was another guy in the set. So I, I was standing there waiting. You know, we had done our blocking. I was standing there for about 10 minutes before I actually sort of clued into the fact that he was the guy because I was just we were just standing it's in the distillery district and we were just chatting about stuff on the outside and I you know had I known it was him and had I known a little bit more about him I would have had my the conversation would have been an entirely different one but yeah well, I thought you embarrassed yourself and called him half a buck <laughs> <laughs> or Mr. Sense I'd like you to meet my friend Mr. Sense Mr. Sense I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that like of the of uh, I could go into your IMDB so like in all those movies, like Robert Downey Jr. and all those things that you've been involved in, I oh, no, you know, I, 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 I ran into uh, oh, who is it? Uh, well, there's an, an actor or two. I can't remember. I see the face and I can't remember the name. That's what happens. I well, guess, yeah. I know for me, and I have I've been in like three or four different things, including like a episode of Degrassi and a couple of CTV things. But I was on this set, a couple of movies that I've been in. The one that I was on that I got cut out of it was the movie I did with John Gallagher. He, he and I were in this horror movie that's become a cult called, uh, uh, fuck is it called? Um, something of the opera. It doesn't matter, but I was in with, I was in makeup next to Paris Hilton and then two chairs over was Paul Servino. 
And uh, I didn't know it was Paris Hilton because I was so excited to be in the same room with Paul Servino because of all the movies he's been in. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's called Repo the uh, something opera. Anyway, but uh, and then the, the makeup person, as they were doing, because I was in a lot of John and I were sort of in this sort of horror whatever look. And uh, as I was in that makeup chair for a while. And then at one point, the makeup woman leaned in and said, you know who that is? Because they were down. The, this was in the height of the Paris Hilton video. So like 20 years ago. And I said, oh, I said, that's Paris Hilton. I was like, really? Because she had a towel on her head and she was looking very different than you see. And, you know, but she was very beautiful. She looks yeah. different in that video that was circulating online. Yeah, people were when I told people at the time I I had been in the same room as Paris Hilton. They wanted me to say, "Did you ask you about the video?" I go, "Yo, how would that go? How would that go?" Hey, nice to meet you. I'm in this. I'm doing one line in this silly movie. How's your vagina? Like, what am I supposed to say to her? Hey, I seen your vagina online. It's nice. I was more referring to the fellatio. I would have said to her, "Hey, you're very professional. You're good at fellatio. Yeah, nice to meet you." Hey, can I get you to take a picture of me and Paul Servino? <laughs> yeah. So if you were talking about sitting in makeup chairs and that kind of thing, I've, I've met, you know, like Kevin Costner and Gene Hackman. Uh, this is what we're saying. Yeah, but, I, but I, I thought you were talking like being on camera with them. And I guess the other, uh, you know, having a scene with them, right? Because a lot of the times as a newscaster, you're just standing in front of something or other. And, uh, you know, behind you is the action. Or, you know, you're, uh, you know, uh, interviewing somebody. Like uh, when I was on, uh, uh, I met Kiefer Sutherland. But not, you know, we didn't actually have a long conversation. It was just sort of a high and, you know, and then we got into the scene. Right. So you, but you, yeah. like, I guess I, I, maybe that'll be for next week. If you could kind of put together, like, I guess I shouldn't have said onset, but you know, actors you've been around either, as you say, in makeup or waiting to shoot your scene, or even like some of the things that like Dan's been directed by some pretty big names or been on sets where those directors were, you were talking about directors. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's some cool well, shit, man. Well, Dan, you should write a book, buddy. Write a book. Yeah. But you should write a book. Newscasting to the stars. No, you should write a book as though the story were told by your wiener. (laughs) (laughs) Where it's like, and you don't realize that the whole, early in the book, you're like, it's as though the wiener is talking about how the wiener got its big break. And, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Yeah, um, that's a great idea. I like that idea. Yeah. Well, you know what? After the show, we'll workshop it. We'll no, workshop here's it. to a fella named Dan Duran, a <laughs> hell of a guy with a hell of a big wang, the quintessential <laughs> anchor man. His voice is nice and low. <laughs> Dan Duran, the anchor man comes. As for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from my kitchen With news and views Here is Canada's anchor darling Dan Duran From the election battle small town desk The 23 year old uh, a 23-year-old has defeated a two-term incumbent in a small Louisiana city. He's going to be the next mayor there. His name is Tyron Truong. 
And he uh, is 23. Did I mention he's 23 and he's going to be in charge of this uh, city of about 11,000 people in Louisiana? There was a 25 year old that apparently won a Congress or a Senate, not a Senate seat, but became a Congress person. Yes, I, I heard about that guy. And they were talking about, oh, he'll, you know, have a long, distinguished career. And I'm thinking, yeah, like 60, 70 years, he'll probably be sucking off that teat. Hey, why not? Yeah, exactly. Why not? He'll become a multi, multi millionaire. Yeah. I don't know. Is, is, do, you, do you think that there's a potential for a 23 year old or a 25 year old to actually be, uh, you know, hold office and do a good job? Well, Biden did. He was 29. Now he's president. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know really? about I, I don't know about a mayor of, of an eleven thousand city uh, uh, population no. city, but a twenty five year old in the Congress. I mean, I, you know, I you know, I have a twenty five year old, and you know, they could absorb as much information as you know some of these other nitwits. I mean, Lauren Boebert became a a Congresswoman. I don't know if she's going to win again, but, you know, she failed grade 12 a bunch of times and she wasn't much. Maybe she was in her 30s when she got elected, but there's not a whole lot. You know, she got she she might get elected again. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Look, so you just say you think I'm being uh, ageist. Well, I think you are. Well, what's yeah. this guy's name again in the in uh... Uh, Tyron Truong in okay. Uh, Bogalusa? <laughs> OK, well, yeah, I can see, you know, um. Okay, here we go. But uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, there's about seven or eight real whack jobs within that club. Yeah. And, you know, Kevin McCarthy wants to be Speaker of the House, but they have to vote him in, right? The party. Okay. And now they're afraid that those seven or eight are going to get together and go, we're not going to vote for you unless you address this agenda, which will turn, you know. What a lot of a lot of taking. uh, Yeah. Like Biden and, and impeaching him Biden. Yeah, that's what, what they all say. They're going to impeach him. Yeah, like, so just just when you think this balance will maybe create some calm, it could go off the rails because of that. Like there are people in that party, some of the really fringy ones that have mm-hmm. have basically said things out loud, like the, the, the Democrats are drinking the blood of babies uh, for skin regimes. So, you know. Can a 25-year-old or 23-year-old? Yeah, I mean, if they're not talking about, you know, uh, yeah. the pedophile cabal that are is the Democratic Party, they can be just, they're fine. Do you have a second story? Because the great uh, Toronto Hooter. Mike, the great Toronto <laughs> Mike standing is standing by. by. Yeah. But, you're, yeah. but he will wait through another story. Right, I know he will. Quick one here, yeah. All right, here's a quick one. All right, okay. And now with a quick one, here's Dan Duran. Hey, the Freedom Convoy light that happened at the Alberta border crossing of Coots was under the eye of the uh, Convoy Commission in the last couple of days. Uh, Jim Willett is the mayor of Coots, Alberta. He testified. And, uh, you know, you gotta, the, Coots is like 245 people. And um, I've been there. I'm, uh, the next town up is Milk River. Yeah, where that's where your uncle uh, farms. My uncle has a. My mom grew up there. My grandfather, all that. I, I've been to, to that area, Milk River, Alberta, with you. Right. 
And uh, he was just talking in his testimony. He got a little emotional about the whole blockade because I think he was against it. And uh, once once it got into uh, bl- illegally blocking the border, because really to get into Coots, there's kind of just there's only one real. It's the main highway to get into Coots because it's right on the border. It's it's a border town. That's the whole point of it being there. Um, anyway, he was talking about how, uh, you know, people in the community, some residents in home care couldn't get seen during the blockades and. And now, because most of the uh, of the residents were against it, but there were some that were for it, and some neighbors are still not on speaking terms because of their uh, opposing views on the protests. Kind of interesting. And also, there they talked about uh, what the mayor had done as far as a warning to all the residents where you know nobody locks their their, their doors when they leave the you know the mm-hmm. car doors are open. It's it's that kind of small town. Everybody knows everybody. Somebody new comes into town, and you know it's a stranger. During that time, he gave out a list to all the residents. You should be, until the occupation is over, pretend you're living in a big city. Make sure all your doors are locked. Lock your vehicles. And, uh, don't leave your keys in the vehicle. <laughs> Make sure all your outbuildings, sheds, garages, and are on securely locked. Yard lights, porch lights, alarm systems. If you have them, use them. Don't open your doors to strangers. Make sure your children are under adult supervision. And do not confront protesters. Probably the best uh, piece of advice there. Mm-hmm. But, Imagine being in a town like that, and then mm-hmm. having this the, mm-hmm. the focus of uh, yeah. the inter, you know the entire country looking at you know what's going on down there. See, see what else happened during that testimony yesterday? A lawyer or something was talking and collapsed, like fainted right on camera. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was weird. He, uh, yeah, whatever, he takes a drink of water and then looks funny and then boom, falls. That's how I'm going to go. Check it out. That's <laughs> what I'm in right in the middle of a show. I'm going to look up and be like, ah, you know, one of the things that struck me about your story there, Don, is uh, when I left Moose Balls in 1980, mm-hmm. up until that point in my life, I'd never locked the door. We didn't have a key for our house and I never locked my car. And the first month I was in Vancouver, I was doing the all night show. And I was driving that coroner's vehicle because my truck blew up. <laughs> yeah, I <remember> that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I came off the area. It's like 630 in the morning. I go to my uh, coroner's vehicle and there was a homeless guy sleeping in the back. <laughs> and, uh, scared the shit out of both of us. Says I, ah, and he's like, ah, I'm and uh, but I had never I just had was not in the habit of locking anything. Uh, Howard, the same way in Scarborough. I, I remember a big issue in our home was we should get a key for the house. Didn't even know where if you wanted one, you didn't even know where it was. You just never locked the doors. It was weird. Well, not weird at the time, but you didn't. Same with like get out of the car and just left the keys in the ignition. You knew where they were, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's a, on the ranch that you know all the vehicles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the uh, yeah. You know, I was the keys in the vehicle. The one time we went to the ranch, we hung out with your. Is it your uncle? What's his name? Uncle Jim. Jim, just great guy, and uh, yeah. it's a great. I love because grow, growing up having horses, and I was thinking, great, I'm going to go to Jim's ranch. We're going to ride horses to do what we were going to do a roundup. I thought, fuck, this will be cool. But on uh, Jim's ranch in the modern world, they they round shit up, whether it's cows, mm-hmm. horses, whatever, in um, ATVs. And yep. uh, and motorcycle was it motorcycles at the time or uh, trail bikes trail yeah. bikes yeah so yeah. we were doing yeah. we, we were helping the roundup which was cool I mean I would have preferred horses but uh, yeah it was pretty cool rounding up all yeah. these animals on uh, trail bikes 
Jim's not a big fan of the uh, of the horse. Well, some people he, aren't. He's you know? afraid of horses, so he just uh, he can trail bikes I, and I am too. knows how to fix them. Always so, be yeah. afraid of horses. Yeah, we are. <laughs> have you ever had a bad experience with a horse? I'm surprised yes, you love animals. I think I've told you. You got bit. Okay, you I got bit. I was a bit. kid. I right. was 11. I was horseback riding recreationally. Right, right, right. And the horse didn't control itself. And the guy gets mad at me and sends it back to the barn with me on it. Imagine that happening nowadays. Oh, yeah. It was hair raising. Speaking of uh, bums in your car. Our buddy Darren, great story. I think it, Buffalo, or maybe it was Detroit. We're all at a bar one night years and years ago. We all get hammered. We leave. He wants to stay. On the way home, he's so drunk, he just opens a car door and gets in the back seat and lays down. <laughs> and then the guy comes and gets in the car. And, uh, you know, luckily he wasn't shot. I believe it was Detroit. I don't know. I hope yeah. not that straight. But, yeah. A story he tells, it's crazy. That is funny. Another one of those things now, like, if that happened now, the outcome might be different. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I could have gotten into my car there in Vancouver, you know, mm-hmm. the, not the best area. Right. And uh, the guy could have been in the back, he could have startled me mm-hmm. and started stabbing me in the neck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> true, man, true. Hey, everybody. It's Thursday. Toronto. Toronto. What? What? Toronto Mike, everybody, coming at you. Is it time for Toronto Mike's uh, segment? Hi, Mikey. Hey, Howard. The movie you could not remember the name of is Repo, the Genetic Opera. Yeah, that's the uh, movie that John Gallagher and I uh, were in. It's become a cult classic, and he and I were cut out of it. But it stars uh, Paul Servino and Paris Hilton. I wonder how Johnny Boy's doing. He moved out, sold his house for big ticket and moved out east. Wasn't he doing a podcast with you and Peter Gross for a while? Yeah, Gallagher and, Gallagher and Gross. Hold on. Yes, please. How many episodes? Was Dan Duran getting you coffee too? <laughs> Fucking guys, unbelievable. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, Look no at problem. Dan Duran and his ability to deliver the coffee. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, we do French press here, by the way, since we're talking coffee. Nice. But, That's good. I tried that for a while. The novelty wore off. Gallagher and Gross Save the World was awesome, but then the pandemic hit and John got uh, didn't want to come into my basement, which is probably wise. And then he sold his home for big bucks and then he moved to Halifax. And I think he's doing okay. Like I heard his voice on a big ad during a sporting event recently. So he's doing voiceover work and uh, he's got a great voice and he's doing it from Halifax. Well, good for him. Yeah. Oh, one more thing. Uh, Fred, in my schoolyard or when we were kids, we said milk, milk, lemonade, press the button, chocolate cake. <laughs> All right. So what happened there? You you punt, you push uh, inside into your belly button. Yeah. So it's Jerk. milk, milk, which is uh, titties. Right. Is that titties? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Lemonade, which is your wiener. Right. right. Of course. And press the button, which you press the belly button and then chocolate cake would come out your butt. Yeah. OK, I get it. Yeah, like a, like a variation. It's funny how there's like oh, yes. regional differences for those. Well, this is it. You were I was uh, East End. You were West End. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. We didn't do that out west. Uh, we were like uh, <laughs> milk your titties, touch your wiener, bend over, get fucked in the ass by a cow. Uh, something like that. That's what we did. Oh, oh, and quick note oh, for Jen oh, Kelly. Uh, oh, Jen, Howie. What's, Howie. What's that, pal? Jen Kelly sends in the voicemails, and I uh, just want to let Jen know, I don't live in Mimico. I live in New Toronto, which is Mimico's neighbor, but she she called me Mimico Mike. Well, I'll tell you, I told Dan, I've been uh, exploring that Royal York Mimico area. It's between, basically, it's south of the Queensway. 
I don't know how far down, just a little bit north of the lakeshore. There's a, a bakery, little area there, and I, I, I've been there a couple times recently. That's San Remo. San Remo is just unbelievable. Freddie, I'm going to tell I said this to Dan. I'm going to do it for you. One of these times when you have to come here for some reason, we're going to go over to San Remo and get. I had this uh, sandwich the other day. It's a porchetta. And it was mm. it's like freshly made Italian bread and mm. this sort of salty pork and peppers and mm. God damn it. Nice. That's the institution, Mimico Institution, that San Remo Bakery, for sure. Uh, well, quick, Stanley Tucci there? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's I where think. he works on the weekends when he's not doing his CNN show. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Fred didn't know he was an actor. That's amazing. I didn't. Don't you know? And one, it doesn't matter. Kirkland, if you're looking for like a Costco, what's a good deal? You were talking about things at Kirkland. Uh, batteries, the Kirkland brand batteries are like the biggest bang for the buck when it comes to double A and triple A batteries. Are they really? Well, there's a lot of, you know, you know, we were talking about the golf ball too. It's funny how the image of that has changed because a few years ago, if somebody said, hey, what are you playing? Uh, Kirkland, you'd feel a bit embarrassed. I believe. And then the reputation of it changed and the quality of it emerged. And now it's like, yeah, I'm playing the Kirkland. I have noticed that on a golf course. And people are, are proud of their Kirkland golf ball. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I know I, I've seen more of them. And again, you're right. The, the fact that uh, Costco has made a deal with this. I won't even say that. I think... I don't want to say the company because I could be wrong, but that, that wedge thing that you're talking about, mm-hmm. like that's a real company that made those and they just did a, a, yeah. a Kirkland brand deal. The same with your pants, Dan. Those are, that's a real company that made that. They just stick Kirkland on it. Yeah, get, yeah I get it. Yeah. Um, a- yeah. Danny told me about that and I read about them and I, and I know what you're saying, Howard, and just the reviews and the, you know the um, the way they talk about of, of such quality for the price. It's like one hundred and eighty nine bucks, and you get three of them, the different degrees and stuff. But again, being a lefty, I'm left out mm. again. Well, that's so you know. What, so what are we on the hunt then at Costco for uh, yes, left handed <laughs> wedges? Um, Mike Boone, of course, Toronto Mike. And all sorts of stuff going on uh, with him. But he does take a few minutes each week to produce this program lovingly. And we had a nice conversation yesterday, Michael and I. And he said, hey, don't you ever look at your calendar? And I'm like, yeah, sometimes. But uh, looking ahead to next week, it's going to be very, very exciting, Michael. So Tuesday is the return of Jeff Lumby because he's got a, uh, a, a monthly date with you guys. We'll check mm-hmm. in with France. Find out if Jeff got COVID. I don't know if he ever got it, but you were there with him when you had COVID. Actually, right both of us. Now it turns out Dan was there uh, visiting, got the COVID, the vid one nine. I got it. <laughs> what? Also, like, that's what I'm calling it now. The vid one nine. Man. Trying to, I'm trying to, to get that. One nine I'm work, trying to get know. people to adopt it as the way they talk about it because it makes it sound like it's retro. It's kind of. It's got a bit the of a nostalgic nine, feel yeah. to it. Give it a kind of a cool. Uh, Give it a cool twist. Stan, yeah, yeah. How many okay. times have you had the vid one nine? Just once. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Lumby will be on, and uh, yeah. then what else, young man? Well, it's kind of to segue over. I think the Hundy Peas want to hear a little more from you, Howard, on what it was like traveling with your ex-wife. There wasn't oh, yeah. a lot of de- detail on this program about that. Yeah. We're going to do it. We're going to do a deep dive on Wednesday, and why? Well, because you have on a couple of. Uh, ex-husbands and wives uh dean mcdermott who's now married to tori spelling and mary joe eustace so dean and mary joe will be on the show together wednesday morning so they're back together 
not as a like they're not romantically back together. Oh, they're not. Okay. And their podcast is called X's and Uh O's. X's and Uh O's, and it's great. And it's really the core, the heart of this is about like becoming friends with your ex. Like there was a lot of hate. They had a really bad divorce. I know on this Zoom right now, everybody but Fred is a, a divorce guy. So we we speak the language, and it's very interesting to hear how they figured out how to become friends after a bad breakup. <laughs> It's funny, the evolution of that relationship. Remember when we first had uh, her on the show, Dean called in when they were still married. Yeah. And then a couple of times after we had her on the show, they had split up and she was pretty honest and truthful of how she felt and what happened because he was with Tori Spelling at the time. Right, right. It was a bad breakup and the tabloid threw so much gasoline on that fire that it was just crazy for for years. Mary Jo at the time... I was saying this to Mike yesterday. You know, Mary Jo was on our show quite a bit to the point where I, I, and she'll remind me, I can't remember, but I I have a feeling like she guest fretted, like she would sit in and then Ken Caustic at the time. I'm not sure. Is Ken still alive? No. No. So Kenny was, they did this, they did this great cooking show together. Very funny and charming. It was very good. And And then she was great on it. And, but in a weird way, Dean McDermott, who was an actor at the time, and her husband, because of his affair with Tori Spelling, it actually made her, Mary Jo Eustace, more famous. It, it was a weird, kind yeah. of weird twist of it, it. It elevated her fame in a weird way. Another connection to you guys, in addition to all that, is that uh, the last morning show that Bob Willett produced, it's not Humble and Fred. It's Mary Jo and Ken Caustic on Proud FM. That's right. Oh, oh, right, right, right. That's right. They they went over there to do the morning show. Right. Always found her so attractive. In that picture, I've seen the latest one of her and Dean. It's like yeah, she's still a juice factory. Yeah. You know she's sixty. What? In fact, she sent me a bikini pic. She just went to some tropical locale and she sent me a bikini. Send pic. that over for research, please. <laughs> yeah, please. Oh, I will. Honest to God. Oh, I better not. It'll disrupt my turp. <laughs> well, no, why don't, why don't you do this? When, when you get the picture, you'd pull it in your belly button, touch your titties, pull out your dink hole, and put it in your bum. <laughs> Whatever it is you can do over there. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> so they're going to wake up. Yeah, by just the send- way, here's a, this is how much they uh, love you guys, is that they're waking up at 5 a.m. to do your show because they're in California, these two. Well, that's going to be great. I'm very excited about having them on. Are they like living there? Yeah, they've been living there for years. Yes, they they well again when he moved there. I well we'll we'll find out. And, and uh, mm-hmm. if you want a primer, uh, Mike did a six hour interview with them. <laughs> no, they don't <laughs> they live. Have, they don't uh, live together now or anything. They're no, just, no. Well, well, okay. Dean still lives with Tori, and they're five oh. kids. So oh. what? Dean and Tori have five. And wow. Their own? Yeah. So. Corey gave birth to five of Dean's children. Wow. And meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, Mary Jo and Dean had one biological child, and then Mary Jo adopted a, a girl named Lola Aww. that uh, Dean is the father figure to, but they'll explain that better than I am. So there's seven kids in total for Dean, if you add them. And so what? Dean, is he still, he must uh, have made, why, are he and Tori, are they still friendly? They're still living together, and they're still married, and they aren't even separated. I asked him this point blank on Monday. So 90 minutes of those two on Toronto Mike, there's a primer, but they're going to be on Humble and Fred Wednesday. So Dean must be worth just bazillions of dollars. 
Oh, I think it's. I don't think so. I think Dean. I think. Uh, I well, don't no, if so. he's married to Tori Spelling and Tor- Tori oh, Spelling, yeah. I don't think she. I don't think she gets a penny yet. Like, there's nothing there. There's a bad. They have a bad. They had a bad relationship. Oh. And uh, I mean, let him explain. But apparently, they aren't getting any spelling money right now. I remember reading that her and her father had a uh, falling out, and she didn't have any. Uh, she never got a penny. Money. She never got a penny yet. So I don't. I don't think they're swimming in cash over there. To be honest, especially with five. She's still alive. Aaron Spelling. No. Oh. And she's still, oh, if he's dead and she hasn't got those, she's No, dead. I think the wife, so the mom, I don't know if the mom, I think the, mom, the wife got all the money when, uh, so the mom of Tori got the money. And then wow. I just know it's, it's, a, it's an ugly family situation there that uh, does not, has not benefited Dean financially. But what about those 90120 residuals? Mm. Yeah, I, I guess that's what they're, they live off that. And then Tori's got a podcast with uh, Jenny Garth, who was oh, uh, Kelly Taylor. Yeah. So it's called oh, oh, uh, 90210 Oh My God or something like that. But okay. wouldn't 90210 have predated the good uh, residual deals that these people... Well, uh, not only that, I don't think it airs anywhere. Like, yeah, I, 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 I don't think big, that's making her a lot no. of dough. No, no. That's like, at least thing. primetime soaps don't do well in syndication. Yeah, right? I mean, it's pretty dated. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just, uh, it's too bad. It's funny because you think about all those kids, if they had spelling money. Yeah. But, uh, t- uh, hey, listen, it's, it's not easy. It's not an easy world, Michael. Uh, next week. easy being green. Exactly. And next week, uh, starting uh, Monday on this program. Uh, we'll Dan Duran will be announcing our uh, another mobile studio. The program will be coming to you from my kitchen, Fred's basement, and a house in San Miguel de Allende. And uh, as I've said to you, you know, no disruption of service. We're going to be doing the show remotely. Fred's on his way to somewhere. He's not sure yet. Punta something. Uh, and so we're going to be doing the show remotely off and on over the next three or four months. Uh, Are we I'll be, be uh, getting forecast weather forecast from uh, San Miguel. Uh, you know, I don't know about that. I mean, people can look it up if they want. I'm not going to rub uh, it in people's. Program directors always told you when you're away, don't talk about the weather. It makes the people you're talking to feel bad because yeah. 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 you know you don't do stuff like that. Well, By the way, Fred was a program director. Oh, was he? Where in, in, in the Electric City? <laughs> in Electric City? <laughs> so uh, that's my I'm, uh, heading there uh, the day after tomorrow, and uh, I'll be back uh, for about six weeks. Christmas uh, into January. Freddie's gone middle of January. Uh, and then uh, we'll probably both uh, be gone for uh, February, March. So just so everyone knows, we're still doing the show. Don't get excited. Mike will be here. I'm in Toronto here. Keeping holding down grounded. shit. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Dan Duran's here. Oh, that's where I'm going. Uh, Dan's uh, going to be here at the house with uh, both dogs. It's funny uh, having Clifford around is really, uh, as always with Stan, Stan's acting more like a regular dog. It's so funny. Dan went to uh, Costco and one of the things he bought was Clifford. He bought him a bed. And uh, yesterday I came home. Dan was gone doing his movie. And I came home and everyone got excited. The dog's all excited. And then uh, Stan went to sleep on Clifford's bed. And Clifford's like, what the fuck, Stan? Come on, man. And, you know, yeah. But uh, I like the fact that the two of them were playing together a little bit. And they, they seem to be getting along nicely. And Stan's acting yeah. like a regular dog. So Stealing each other's food now. Never had to worry that's about the that. Only, that's the only problem in the house so far. Because Stan likes yeah. Clifford's food and Clifford likes Stan's food. There you go. Yeah. I guess it makes sense because, you know, you feed the same thing to the dog all the time. After a while, the dog, you know, gets bored. Wants something different. 
you know, I don't know if I've told you this recently that the odd time I've had to give Dan, Dan, Stan, I do that. Stan Duran, I call him. <laughs> Sometimes I do, I call him Stan Duran. Uh, a few times I've had to give Dan, uh, like, wet food. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. I know I did it again. And Stan goes out of his, loses his mind. Like, if I start, even as I start to open it, he's jumping around. He's like, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe now's the time. Maybe now's the time you can uh, read us uh, the inspirational thought of the day that comes in. And Dan, I want to wrap this show up because Fred and I have more shit to do. If you don't okay. want to be inspired, that's fine. Just live. Do you know what? Continue to live your life. I will avail myself of inspiration. Freddie, do you have any final words? I, are you you're going into quiet? You just are you finished? Is there anything we didn't get to today? It's the longest uh, show ever. No, I don't think so. We're all good. Yep. Uh, yesterday I raked the leaves in my backyard. Today it's the front yard because, you know, I can't do it all at once. I ain't getting too old for that. So I got to pace myself. Mm, all right. That's good. It's good to know. Thanks. I'm glad we made time for that announcement. Okay. Got to pace myself. <laughs> Did you say I got to piss myself? Yeah. Okay. Good for you. All right. Well, Mike, uh, Toronto Mike uh, podcast, um, Boone produces this program. And now, everyone, uh, with the final thought as usual, here's Xander. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. Eat what you want to eat, drink what you want to drink, and be who you want to be. Enjoy classics like the legendary four cheese spinach dip and unforgettable chicken wings. Fuel your adventurous spirit that craves something a little different, a little more original. You can email us, Humble and Fred, at Humble and Fred Radio. And wherever you're listening to us, please help us out by liking, subscribing, and giving us all the stars. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, continue to live your life. Where's that?